Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everyone, and good afternoon. And, well, I don't know if good's the word to use for it, but it is an afternoon, and the NHL draft is still going on, and... Folks, I'm just going to get straight to it. This is a uh, Steve Jaco from Fly Perbole. We got Kelly Hinkle. We're going to have some some lovely guests. Uh, we're going to take callers in a minute, but before we do, let's just get to it. We got to address the big news of the day. Our crops are not dying; they're dead, and the Earth has been Chuck Fletcher. This is truly the darkest timeline because the Flyers have traded three picks for the rights to Tony. D'Angelo, second rounder in 2024, a third rounder in 2024, and a fourth rounder in 2022. And the Flyers are signing D'Angelo to a two-year, $10 million extension for the RFA. Kelly Hinkle, what have we done to deserve this? What a wild, uh, what a what an afternoon. Um, this morning, I saw all of the quotes from Chuck being like, I don't know. Something might happen today. Hee hee. Hee hee. I have a secret. Yeah. What will it be? I wonder. Somehow, I I feel like in the back of my mind, I knew this was going to happen the second I saw that Carolina was shopping him. Right. Because, I mean, you obviously have the, the local connection. You have the Flyers defensive struggles. You have the Flyers power play struggles, which we have... I know on both of our programs discussed for for years now, it feels like, and it, it felt like a match made in hell. And here we are in hell. I'm sorry. My phone was reading a text message to me while you were talking, which was very disrespectful. <laughs> um, Kelly Hinkle, the Flyers have traded for Tony D'Angelo and Papa is not happy about it. Hold on one second. Papa is pissed off while Kelly is on hold. I'm just going to run down the draft picks, and then we'll get to taking some of you wonderful callers in a moment or two. So with the fifth overall pick, uh, Cutter Gauthier, left wing, U.S., and U.S. is going to be a theme throughout the rest of these draft picks. Uh, He's a big goals boy, and uh, we're mildly excited about that. But, you know, there are other talented players on the board, but we'll get into that. Third round, 69th pick, nice. We have to say it. We're contractually obligated to say nice after saying the number 69. It is the sex number, after all. Devin Devin Kaplan, right wing, USA, another large human being, 6'3", 198. Fifth round, 133rd pick, Alex Bump, the bump man, the bumpster, left wing, USA. Yet again, he's not as tall. He's six foot, you know. About average, about average. Not not small, but not huge. And then sixth round, 165th pick, Hunter McDonald. That's not MacDonald, 
like Andrew McDonald. It's a McDonald, so I think we're okay. He is a defenseman, though, which I know is going to freak some people out. A McDonald defenseman, it brings back bad memories, let me tell you. 6'3", 207. I also saw him listed at 6'4", so a large human being right there. And we want those big boys clearing the crease because that's what all the big guys do. They clear the crease, right? Always and forever. Uh, yeah, people are scared to play against them. So I'm sure it's um, just a coincidence, but it's kind of weird that he only drafted Americans, right? Like, that's it's really weird. weird. It's super weird. It doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Uh, Maddie, I don't know if she was joking or not, but she put it in the slack that did they just get their drafting budget cut that much that they could only go low? Comcast strikes I, again. Comcast, dude, sell the team. Let me tell you, first time in a long time, sell the team. But I, uh, that's weird. And speaking of Americans, just going back to D'Angelo, the most uh, dedicated American, the most patriotic American, he's willing to, you know, fight for his beliefs. <laughs> but Jesus Christ, what a disaster. <laughs> just a, a total PR disaster. Uh, it, it's just, just what a a player that number one seems obviously we have our political issues with him right because he is somebody who's been outspoken in the past and is very much not of the same beliefs as uh, at least i am i can't speak for everybody but at least me but on top of all that on top of all the controversies with that he's just not a guy who seems well liked in the locker room i mean he was kicked mm. out of new york essentially and i don't know he didn't I, there's a reason Carolina, despite his big, you know, offensive success this past year, was willing to not really want to pay him and deal him over to the Flyers. I mean, obviously, Chucky Tutray seems to have drastically overpaid for his services here. But on top of that, I mean, Carolina, you'd think after buying low on him and having the offensive success he had, they would want to hold on to him. And there's a reason that they are trading. So him. I'm hearing <laughs> per sources. Haha. Ha. Um, haha. That he actually was well liked in Carolina oh, wow. by both coaches and the uh, the coaching staff. Are your sources like, the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, it's actually uh, Chris Parent. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, and on that note, I'd like to welcome Bundy to the show. <laughs> so here's the thing about Carolina, um, for like obvious reasons. And I don't know if you're there with me. I think of Carolina as an organization run by some of the smarter people in the NHL sphere. Many people have said this, that there are smart people there. And so when Carolina has a guy that scored something like 50 points last year, and they're saying well ahead of schedule, you know what, buddy, if you want to leave, it's fine. You can go ahead. We're, we're good. Go ahead and see if anybody else wants you. In my mind, I pause and I think to myself, why is a team like Carolina getting rid of Tony D'Angelo? And if it's not because no one liked him, then he's not good at hockey. And if you look at his numbers, um, Micah McCurdy from HockeyViz tweeted as a joke, a little comparison between Tony and Rasmus Ristolainen earlier and somehow, uh, when Tony is on the ice, more goals are allowed by his team than when Rasmus Ristolainen is on the ice. Jesus so Christ. So worse defensively, as far as impact goes, than Risto. And we know <laughs> we know that Risto, for all of his charms, not great defensively. So I just, like, 
even if you want to put aside the politics shit. And the fact of the matter is there's probably more NHL hockey players that agree with this asshole than disagree. Sure. Not all of them use slurs out loud, but politically at least a lot of them are probably on the same team. And that's probably why he's well liked in the locker room outside right, of right. when he called Georgiev a commie. Even if we put all Supposed, aside, allegedly, 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 dear God, I don't want to get sued. Allegedly. Um, my, my biggest problem with this move is, is the on ice part of it. Like he's, he doesn't solve a single problem that the flyers had and we're paying him so much money and we have none, we have no money and we're fixing problems that we don't have instead of the problems that we do have and making it harder, just like with Risto, making it harder to fix the problems that we have because you've, you've now tied up $5 million in a guy who I'm guessing is going to play on the third pair. Like, what are we doing here? It doesn't make any sense. It's nuts. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like you are going to swing for the fences, right? There's all the rumors that they're going to try for Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, Extremely talented. The guy we wanted to bring home, the South Jersey player that we wanted the Flyers to sign. And I don't know where they're getting the room for him. I don't know. They traded away draft capital that they could use to rid themselves of JVR's contract. And it just, it, this pisses me off. I hate this move. Who's going to play defense? Are they expecting Tony D'Angelo to play with Ivan Provorov after getting into a fight with a Russian player on the Rangers? So Charlie actually tweeted this um, a few minutes ago. I saw it that like the options for D'Angelo are a $5 million third pair defenseman, or you're playing him on the first pair because Ryan Ellis is dead. Or I guess alternatively, you're playing Risto on the top pair and him with Sandheim. Like all of these sound bad. All of these things sound bad to me. None of them make a lick of sense. Yeah. I mean, just hockey wise, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then you get into the fact that this team has like a massive problem with PR. No one likes them. And you know, like, you know that making this signing whether you agree with it or not, you know that this is going to alienate a portion of your rapidly diminishing fan base. And you're willing to do that for a guy that really doesn't help you on the ice. Like, what is the point of this? What is the point of this? And a team that struggles defensively to start with is going to continue struggling defensively. Uh, quick side to, about the actual draft, the seventh and final round, seventh and final round of the draft is happening and the Flyers have selected a non-American at long last, and Terry Sulku, and uh, apologies if I butchered that name, but I also don't care. Uh, another big forward, another big beefy boy for the Flyers. But uh, Thank God. A non-American at last. I'm very glad that they very clearly had one single focus in this draft, and that was large. <laughs> large is all Large was the about. focus, yeah. Little buff boys. You want to you wanna take some callers now, Kelly? Yes, yes, definitely. Let's Harris has been waiting. Harris Barnes! It's Harris time. And, oh, Kurt's here, too. We're going to have Kurt in as well. What's up, guys? How are you? Harris, we're doing terrible. How are you? Uh, fine. I like the – so, obviously, the Cutter pick is – like, was expected last night. Uh, Kaplan pick, uh, it's about the range that I had him going in. 
and I think he's like a guaranteed NHLer, but he'll be in that Lawton type of like third line defensive forward type. So they didn't swing big, but like I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to play it. It's just interesting that they went with all US guys. Uh like obviously the longer development curve of the NCAA, it makes sense. Alex Bump, I, I liked as a pick just because he dominant high school player, good USHL stats in limited time. Um so like he'll go to Vermont and hopefully dominate and be really good. But like I'm just surprised that with none of the picks, uh Fletcher went with just like a high scoring CHL or or like higher scoring European earlier on, like just take that bigger swing, I guess. Right. Like this is all we were asking for coming into this draft is take some swings. And it really doesn't feel like they took that many swings. Like Jordan Dume, who Columbus picked was like elite for um, Halifax this year. I told Kelly about him all year. Logan Morris. Halifax. Uh, Logan Morrison still hasn't been drafted. He was a top five CHL or all year for Hamilton in the O and like he can play in the AHL this, this season because he's an O2 born. Um, but like some of the picks were mad, like the McDonald pick I thought was stupid. Like that guy's never going to play. Like probably not. I thought um, that was just a pick to trigger the fan base right there. A defenseman with a very similar name to Andrew McDonald. Like, that's just well, he, He's like an overage guy who doesn't produce at all. Like, if he makes the NHL, he's like a sixth or seventh defenseman. Like, I actually, I, I'm now convinced. I, I think Chuck, Chuck has been trolling us with this entire past couple of days. He's, he's on the way out the door and just flipping us two middle fingers. No, I mean, like, it's the Fletcher's still the GM of the wild and takes all the, um, U.S. guys, like all the NCAA players, like the, it, and then takes a fin because Minnesota, like it, it's such a Minnesota draft, I guess. But um, like the D'Angelo thing, it, it's stupid. But at least the term isn't too long. Like if he is a QB of a popular, I just didn't like the five million. Like is he worth that? But like I guess the term no, long. not worth that. Yeah. Like no. why wouldn't you just hold on to Shane Gostisbehere at a lower cap it? And why give up, like, like cap space that you kind of need? And then, like, are you just saying goodbye, Goudreau? Like, are, are they basically saying, well, we one South Jersey kid's here. We can't get the other one because he doesn't want to come? Or, like, I think it's dumb. I don't, I don't know what they're doing. I have no clue. Yeah, I, I have no clue either. Um, Kurt, I saw you recently joined. I, I'm excited <laughs> for some Kurt takes here. It's probably bad on that note that when – um. When we and we talked about this in Slack, when we saw what they gave up, my first thought was, and then that they agreed to an extension. I was like, oh god, they're they're going to give him the Risto contract. They're going to give him the AMAC contract, and it was only two years. Which and it's very bad that the best thing we can say about this is that it's only two years. Um, yeah, they they just love giving five million dollars or roughly thereabouts to defensemen that we're all going to fucking hate, huh? Yeah, I, mi- I missed the first few minutes. Hello, everybody. Um, it's got to provide quality customer service on a day like this, you know. Oh, absolutely. The customers come first, as we mm-hmm. all know. Um, but yeah. Except for the but, Flyers but, customers. Customers of the Philadelphia Flyers are not getting quality customer service <laughs> today. No, no, we're not. Um, well, because of Comcast, right? No, we can't. We can't blame Comcast for this one. I think. Um, no. So. So yesterday, when there were first rumblings about Tony D'Angelo possibly being a Flyers target, a thought crossed my mind. And like, you know, and I, I said, I, I said, please don't. 
I, I tweeted at the the image of Mike from Better Call Saul holding up the the sign just saying "Don't," because that was about how I felt about this. But so. um, but here's the thought that crossed my mind. And please don't take what I'm about to say as an endorsement of this move because it very fucking clearly is not. But <laughs> I get why he did. Norman Kurt over here. I get it, and here's why. Chuck Fletcher and Dave Scott got on that podium back in January, and they said. We're going to do an aggressive retool. We're going to fix this, and we're going to be good again next year. And we all looked around, and for the last six months, we've all been sitting here saying, how are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? You see this situation. This team is capped out. It's 29th in the NHL. There are no you know, quality prospects on the way. There's, there is no, You have no cap room. There's no realistic path to – getting to the team that you think you're going to be the eighth seed in the East had what a hundred points last year. Like, how are you going to do this? No, like what possible way are you going to do this? And the only, and Chuck Fletcher is looking and maybe they didn't realize it at the time, or maybe they did. And, um, but Chuck Fletcher seems to realize like, it's a very thin, you know, it's a very small needle that they got a thread here to try and make this work. And part of it, and like they're not just going to come out of this offseason with like three or four, they were never going to just come out of this offseason with like three or four perfect moves that were exactly what they needed and then that were going to make the team good because that was never going to happen. They could never offload the salary and like just spend the assets and cap room to make that happen. So they instead have to they like in order for it to work next year, they were always going to have to take gambles that may not look like they're going to work out. And Chuck Fletcher probably looks at this and thinks, this might not work out, but it's worthwhile. The guy wants to come here and we're willing to pay him. Let's give it a try. And the thing is, for, like, even for all of that, for like this being like a distress asset, and he's a distressed asset for all of the reasons that I'm guessing you guys talked through before I jumped on the phone here, the whole racial slur thing, getting punched by his teammates, getting traded by his junior team, despite being the best offensive defenseman in the OHL getting traded twice before he turned 21 um there's more I, I think um yeah despite all of that like that's why he is a distressed asset you still had to give up three draft picks and give him five million dollars a year on a multi-year contract to do that that's the problem yeah and like and it would suck to be clear it would suck even if even if you just gave up like a fifth round pick for his rights and signed him to this deal or like even if you signed him to less because again like as you guys discussed either he's a third pair defenseman he gave all this up for a third pair defenseman or he's not a third pair defenseman in which case what are you doing what are you doing yeah yeah that that's the thing if, if he had wanted to do this kind of thing take a flyer on a guy who might be better than what you can get him for because he's an asshole okay it's the two years five million per like what what do we have to do that for what do we have to do that for? Aren't we spending enough on shitty defensemen already? How right. are we going to achieve the actual goals you should have? Unless this is an elaborate tank attempt to get bedard by Chuck. If so, bravo, sir. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I've said a couple times the bet. It's very bad that the best case scenario here is that you've thrown enough matches into this box here that eventually the thing just explodes and you get like a three percent better chance of getting Connor Bedard than you maybe would have otherwise. I love it here. Trust the process? I, I'm just reminded right now of the, the wise scholar Tobias Funke, who said, well, did it work for those people? 
No, it never does. I mean, those people somehow delude <laughs> themselves into thinking it might, but it might work for it us. Work for us. It might work for us. Absolutely terrible. Patrick has been waiting with bated breath to give us some takes. Patrick, how you doing, bud? You got the mute button on. Everybody loves the mute button. Hello. How y'all doing? Just living the dream, Patrick. I thought I thought we we were gonna have a nice summer break, you know, because like I remember we all were on Bill's post games for like all eternity, and and now we have to yell about something else. Um, I was like, ah, great. But here we are. I guess. <laughs> but we're um, somewhere. I mean, that's the, without a doubt, we're somewhere. That's a fact. But uh, I feel like I feel like Chuck's not done, man. Like. The, like we got to clear cap space now, right? So I feel like a JVR trade is going to happen, and I, I mean I don't want it to happen, but I feel like a Connecty trade is going to happen. Like full said, we're we're going Galaxy Brain here, Chuck. Oh, he's definitely going Galaxy Brain. What do they even give up to get rid of JVR at this point? Like they have. I was no, just going to ask that. Like, what do they have? No have second now? round picks until 2025. Well, that's the one. Um. And they can't like they even even with as little confidence as I have in this team, I cannot imagine they would give up next year's first to get rid of. I JBL. swear to God, Kurt, if they do, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. We'll all become, we will all become the Joker. They're <laughs> giving up a good prospect. They're giving up a good prospect. That's what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt, I hate to tell you this, but like I've already ordered the purple suit and the face <laughs> paint, like and the green hair dye. I'm there. Learning how to dance down some stairs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Can I still can't get over the fact that that scene used rock and roll part two? Like, what a weird song choice. But we're not going to talk about Joker today. I mean, if we can get you know a whole section of Jokers to go to the Flyers opener this year and just boo Tony D'Angelo mercilessly, I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the D'Angelo just means Ryan Ellis isn't going to be back before Thanksgiving. Like that to me confirms it. He's going to go on, like, LTIR or something. Definitely. That, multi- that multi-layered injury we were hearing about, he's totally not ready. I feel like they know something and they lied to us at that well, pre-draft presser or something now. What I'm thankful for this year is all offense, no defense. Carter Hart's going to have a fun Absolutely. year. I'm afraid for I'm, – I'm nervous about Carter Hart now. I don't want him to punch Tony D'Angelo in the face or something and then, like, you guys, Carter's... It's going to be Provy. No, Carter's from Alberta. They're going to get along. <laughs> there. Oh, God. Well, Kevin, oh, you're already yes. excited. That's uh, accurate. That's accurate. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God. This is dark. Ugh. Flyers have one more pick. They're at 220 from the uh, D'Angelo trade. Oh, God. Right. You're right. This guy's going to become a superstar and we're all going to look stupid. Just watch. If it's Logan Morrison or Ryan Kerwin, then yes. Those are the two guys I'm highest on. Ryan Kerwin is an 0-2 born, so same year as McDonald. McDonald was playing at USHO. Ryan Kerwin was playing at Penn State, had 26 points in 36 games as a first-year player. I don't know why anyone hasn't taken Like, if, if you're going to take overagers, take a guy who's actually played in a higher league and has already shown that he can actually score or, like, do something of NHL value. Like, I don't get the, the process of, like, taking an overager still playing at the, the junior level. So Harris, here's the thing. I don't know if you've considered this. Um, everyone don't. that went, everyone that went to Penn State is annoying. Like Kerwin's good though. <laughs> I know, but 
<laughs> but everyone that goes to Penn State is annoying. Like, no one wants to deal with those people. Oh, oh man, Kelly is like... firing some shots right now <laughs> at uh, the entire We Are crowd. The, um, like, he, he's already, like, a lot of these guys will not have .72 points per game in the NCAA, and Kerwin's already done it. So, in theory, he's closer to the pro-ready than, like, all these other bums, basically. I like how Harris has absolutely no time for my bullshit jokes. And, and Logan Morrison <laughs> is in the top five CHL or all year in, in Hamilton, and he still hasn't gone. Like, I think all these scouts just watch too much and overthink it. Like, guaranteed. Or, or they forget that certain guys are still in the draft. That's possible, too. Are there any, like, talented Russian skaters who have fallen because teams don't want it? I know there were some that lasted into, like, the fifth or sixth round. No, Carolina took him because like, Tolski's a god. At this point in the draft, I'd be willing to take that risk with a seventh-round pick. Like, there, I don't think there's any more, like, really good Russians. But, like, Tolski's a god. And, like, Carolina didn't have any high picks. And they've they've... Obviously, these how are they, How did they get one? How did they get any? Yeah, how did they, they get, get those them? picks? Where'd they come from? Well, one of them was in this draft was from the Flyers, <laughs> yes. But, but <laughs> yeah, I think it was the other two were in the is next it, year. Like, it, yeah. It's so Flyers that like Tulski could have just been hired by the Flyers and he went to Carolina. At any, at any like, moment, me. the Flyers could have hired Eric Tulski and then we would be Carolina. Potentially, yeah. You'd have uh, Sebastian Ajo instead of Konechny. I hate it. So like, I thought connecting you would be traded. It's probably bad that like you make that point there, and it's not inaccurate. But like, it's probably bad that relative to the expectation of the pick itself, Travis Konechny's maybe like the best draft pick they've made in the last decade. Yeah. Or Sanheim. I would put Sanheim up there. Like, too. I'm not. I'm not here to shoot on Travis Konechny. Good player. Like fringe first, second line player. And like for the 24th overall pick, that's a good outcome. It's probably bad that he's your best draft pick in the last decade. Well, Farabee, maybe. You're, you're, you got three, I would say. Farabee, Sanheim, yeah, and Connecticut. Yeah, Farabee. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I mean, maybe. I don't really – I feel like jury's still out on Farabee. Are they going to trade Provorov at some point? I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. Well, I was worried about <laughs> attitude problems, but then they got Tony D'Angelo, so who fucking knows? <laughs> Yeah, suddenly Perro being an asshole isn't that big of a deal. Like, doesn't like I'm surprised Bill's not in here. Isn't this like the perfect WWE wrestling team, like with all the drama and like there's gonna be all the fights, but someone's just gonna pull out of the chair in the dressing room? I think there, I think there was the comment from Kevin early on in the uh, the chat here where it said Torts is pro conflict though, so there's that. Yeah, like the the pressers are gonna like Bill's just gonna love this. Like if they're gonna be bad, like um like there's gonna be so much drama. So Bill has to love that, right? Oh, we believe me, we tried to get Bill on for this. If he was not busy already, Bill would yeah. be here going like, oh, they're going to murder each other. And I'm all about it. But <laughs> it's, yeah, well, okay, let me put it this way. It's going to be interesting. I just don't like this kind of interesting. Well, like, it's bad, obviously, in the short term. But think about it. Either they, well, I mean, obviously, it could just be mediocre and then not have that high of a pick. But it could go really well, and they're like a second wild card, the first wild card, or just falls apart, and they're getting a franchise talent in next in this next year's draft. Because like the top ten are like franchise, like probable franchise guys. Like the top three are probable generational. So as long as they don't trade the twenty twenty three first, like they're in good shape. But who knows? Who the hell knows? To be totally honest with you. Um... We got a couple more callers trying to get in right now. Uh, Patrick Harris, you got anything you want to add right now before I uh, add a couple more people in? 
Um, um, no, I mean, they'll probably take some random goalie at 220. <laughs> I mean, but Torts, I mean, just, just to see what Risto versus Torts is going to be like when he has to be benched for, like, the third period because he can't play defense, and same with Tony D'Angelo at this point. So Torts versus the players is going to be something to watch this year, I think, now that we have Tony D'Angelo here. <laughs> yeah. Hey. And what a world. I, what I a world, still, guys. The thing is, they're going to run out of guys to bench because who does play defense? Like, Provorov kind of plays defense. Sandheim kind of plays defense. Cam York kind of plays defense. That's I was, it. I was just about to add Matt, by the way, but then Matt uh, dropped off. But he said, does this mean Yandel's time is over, sad face? <laughs> I mean, those those two minutes a night playing, uh, letting up shorthanded goals, I guess they are done. Someone's going to have to to step up. Someone is going to have to step up for sure. We got Warren. Warren, how you doing, bud? All right, how you doing? I'm um, uh, not yeah, great. It's been an interesting couple of days. I actually like the draft, and I like the kid from last night. I know that's they're taking a lot of heat for that, and I'll be the first one to dump Are it. Are they? He seems, he seems like he's got a lot of upside, and I think we got to see this play out. I think it's like I, it wasn't I, I a feel reach like, or anything. Like he was. I feel like it's muddled. I, I think there's some people that are annoyed because they feel like there was more talented guys around. But like I think ultimately a lot of people are, are just fine with it. But like yeah, I, I like him. He's got size. He can score. He'll shoot. He'll shoot the damn puck. So that's nice. You like? I've seen uh, I've seen mixed reactions. I know I mean, some mop, some models didn't love him, but like some stat models didn't love him. But um, like, I mean it seems like you're, it seems clear there's a it could work out really well. I'm it seems like your check had knee surgery last year. I don't know why anyone's not bringing that up. Now, I don't know if he had a, you know, he had an amputation and he's totally fine now, <laughs> totally fine now, or whether or not that, that may linger. I We're going to have to do some investigative journalism to see if uh, he's got a secret amputation. But as far as the Angelo, that's an interesting move, and then they floated that yesterday. I, I can only surmise – their power play was really bad last year, and one of the things they talked about with Tortorella was we got to get a point guy in here. He's pretty good point guy, if nothing else. Now having oh, him and him yeah. and Risto on the same team is interesting. <laughs> I, I don't know how they. Interesting, yes, that's the word. I, that's so the most positive take I've seen on it. <laughs> I, I would rather have him than Risto. Be honest with you, but uh, because I'll be honest, power I, play ability, you know, power play ability. You know what, Warren? I would rather have Gosses Bear and Hag, to be honest with you. But you know what? I hear what you're saying, or as far as like, you know, at least at least Angelo does one thing well. I don't know what Risto does well beyond be like a good locker room guy and have like giant spiked hair. Uh, think, you know, <laughs> but I think they're relying on Tortorella to kind of pull this together, but. That's a strain. It is a kind of a mishmash on defense. And I also think it points out a weakness in the York pick because he really hasn't developed this power play guy. And, uh, he hasn't had a ton may- of time yet, Warren. Yeah, I know, but maybe they, they saw enough last year that they were like, well, he's not going to be the guy on the power play. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I have a lot of hope for, for York still. I like York. I think he's got a good tool set, but... You know, it, it does – well, I think the bigger thing is, like, the impatience, right? They want somebody now who will develop the power play as opposed to somebody, like, a year or two from now. Like, they wanted somebody immediate. Yeah, I hear you. You know, it's funny. Chuck is a strange guy. It's like nothing happens for weeks on the time, and all of a sudden it seems like he gets an idea in his head, and 
he's got to do it no matter how much he has to give up. So it's it's uh, I don't it's almost like the reeks of desperation. Oh, it's a hundred percent. It's a desperate move, and I mean it's kind of like when latter day Paul Holmgren, right? Where I always joke that Paul Holmgren would just give out draft picks like like Halloween candy, you know, just like yeah, here's a second rounder for you, here's a third rounder for you, just like not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I or they now only have one pick, their first pick next year, and then they missed, they traded the second and third. Is that? Am I right there? I'm going to turn to Harris on this. Harris, how many picks do they have next year? I bet you know. Um, they have like it's four or five. I know they've given up their two and their three next year. Yeah, so I'm not they, happy they about have, that. They either have four or five. Let me check cap friendly. Like for a team that we know needs to rebuild a decent amount, even though they won't admit it. It's like a, a team with a serious problem that just will not admit it. Okay. They, they, they need draft picks. So they have their first, they have the Rangers third from the Braun trade, the okay. Panthers third from the Giroux trade, the, okay. their own fourth, the um, Oilers fourth from the Brassard trade, and then their own fifth, sixth, and seventh. So they have I, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks. So a little bit more. Than I thought, but they do not have their own second or third. They could Does, do I guess my other question is: Does anyone know if this guy's buds with uh, Johnny JG, Johnny Goodrow, who the new kid, John Hockey, John, Jonathan Hockey, as he's formerly known, Kelly. I mean, Bill has suggested that this pick was just part of the master plan to get all of the Boston people, so that Johnny. Oh, I, I assumed he was talking about. I thought he was talking no. about Johnny. Now I'm talking oh. about the Angelo. Oh, the Angelo. They're from the same part of the state here in New Jersey. If you Everyone look. in South Jersey knows each other, I've been told. Yeah, I actually know. do believe that. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I don't know them, but uh, I'm from a little more towards Philadelphia. Uh, towards, but did uh, you did you play hockey in South nah, Jersey? Not at all. Because I bet every one of those guys actually do know each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm knows. thinking. I'm thinking that may be part of it. It could, I, you know, but sorry, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking for reasons here. You know, <laughs> I was, know. I think we all are. Like Warren, they like if they're gonna be able to sign Gaudreau, they would have to trade Konechny, right? That's fine. He scored a big whopping twelve goals this year. Does anyone? I mean, I don't know why everyone thinks that he's so good. I'm not, I'm not a big. No, I'm just I saying. I, I actually think you have to make a trade work. Yeah, got to give up something, and if if he's got trade value still, st- I'm not even sure right he now. does. Does he? I always yeah, thought but, like Konechny would go to Edmonton because they need like guys on the wing who can. Yeah. I don't. I I'm fairly sure that Flyers fans think Travis Konechny sucks a lot more than everyone else on earth thinks that Travis Konechny sucks. Like, well, we well, we've I been think, watching them. I think generally he's viewed as a pretty good hockey player. I mean, I don't. What I think about Konechny, I, I think Konechny is one of those guys who is a better supplemental piece than like 100%. a top, like rely upon piece. So I think yeah, somewhere I like Edmonton, where he can play with Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, you know, is somewhere like that where you have actual stars to play with, or like uh, Colorado or something like Nicholas Abe Kubel, who was just hot fried ass over here, uh, was pretty good over in Colorado. Right, they, I they just took a Canadian. He, he seems like a follower to me, not really a leader, but that's just me. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. They drafted a Canadian. Finally. Oh, okay. So we got two non-Americans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Alexis Gendron, Lato. Speaking of non-Americans. Oh, I just added Matt, by the way, because Matt tried to get on before. So it is Matt's time to shine uh, It it seems like a weak signal here, which is uh, not all that surprising, but that's okay. Um, I'm getting weak signal. I'm getting weak signal, and I'm like two feet away from my router. So who friggin' knows? What I do? Yeah, well... Maybe the maybe the aliens are coming. Um, I'm gonna. By the way, Adam, I know you've been waiting for a minute. We'll get you on soon. Yeah, I, I'm gonna take you guys for a little bit of a journey here. So I gotta pull up a piece of paper. So okay, you know, I'm gonna pack my bag and uh, make a coffee. Pointing around yeah. like Brian Windhorst. So to get Rasmus Ristolainen and Tony D'Angelo and the seventh round pick, the Flyers over the last couple of years have lost. Shane Gostas Bear, a first rounder, three second round picks, a third, fourth, and a seventh of their own, along with Robert Haig. That is A plus asset management. <laughs> I've never seen anything like this in my life. How did this happen? <laughs> How it's, did we end it, up with it's, it's the worst wild. GM in hockey? Like I, you know the I, meme where it's like the dominoes, basically. That's what this is. It, it's the ascending like, dominoes. It's like a it's like a soup kitchen, and like Fletcher's just giving away like uh, I don't know bowls of like draft picks everywhere. It's just wild, um, and like all of this, like if you're if you're making those kind of moves for, I mean I don't know like a real star. Like I, I mean I, I guess you could justify that, but like this is marginal improvement. Like at best, like I put in the comments there, like these guys are going to be patting themselves on the back for making the first round. And maybe not being slaughtered by Tampa Bay. Right, maybe. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, optimism, I guess. Optimism, right? But it, it, It's wild, man. It, it's absolutely wild to think about this. And, like, I came in with loose ideas for what I wanted from the offseason. I never dreamed of the kind of moves he's made so far. I mean, I, I, even looking at the last two years, right? Like, we thought it was a pretty good offseason until that Risto move. And then, yeah. you know, Ryan Ellis yeah. turned out to be not real. And it, I just can't believe what a flaming wreck we're looking at now. It's like, you, you think about it and, like, you know, I, I know we sound just I'm kind of bitchy on, like, a Friday. But, like, how, how many other teams have, like, a worse management team currently than the Flyers? It's not Chicago anymore because Chicago has realized after that Jones deal that they actually need to rebuild. It's not Ottawa because Ottawa went through the process and they have a whole lot more talent than Philadelphia does. It's not Arizona. And also Melnick died. <laughs> Melnick died and they could do stuff. <laughs> they, 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 you know, they might be able to afford to put some pop drinks out, you know, without having the guys being forced to pay for them. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, um, I would, you could maybe argue the Sabres, but even if, I don't even know if they're worse at this point. 
I I don't know like what I, I, I'm I'm not a like a draft picks guy. I mean like I don't know I feel kind of creepy like studying eighteen year old kids in like that much detail. But like uh, <laughs> it um it seems like the Sabers are like doing well um at least from what I'm reading. So like I I, I think we're playing the limbo game and I think we're gonna win that game. The lit we're going the lowest. We're how low can you go? <laughs> Yeah, um, and then just three, like a couple other points here. Um, in terms of like cap space, right? Like we're we're all assuming. I feel like that you know Ellis is probably done. Um, I don't know if they're gonna have some kind of seance to resurrect him, but I think he's done. If they want to get Johnny, is there even space for Johnny? Like they, I mean, I mean, no, there's not. No. But like who, like who are we moving here? Like this defense is already weak. You can't really move Perlvaroff or Sanheim. Um, you got to like, move JVR and Konechny. Those are the guys. And maybe Lindblom. I've seen Lindblom's name floated. I, I guess, but like JVR might as well have like Chlamydia. Like nobody's touching that guy. Like with that contract, like, that's <laughs> not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I well, and the thing is to get rid of that contract. We talked a lot about having to package a pick, like you did yeah. with Shane Gostisbehere, and they traded don't, all the goddamn don't picks. It. Don't don't say it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not the first to say this. This has come up a bunch. I don't want them to do it, but I know they're going to do it. Yeah, but Fletcher's a lazy as shit, man. Like, he, he will hear you. And, <laughs> and, 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 and this will be my last point. It's just like, for to me, how lazy that front office team is. So if you go through the picks to like for this round, or let, let, let's even go be before that. So the whole theme last year was let's get Hayes and all of his buddies and all the Minnesota boys, right? So now what we've done is we've hired Tortorella. We've retained one of AV's guys because that's the laziest thing to do along with keeping Lappy. We've brought in Torts' <laughs> former guy out of Vancouver because that's just the lazy, easy thing to do. Um, we've drafted guys from the U.S. development team. And we've drafted guys with Minnesota connections. Again, I think that McDonald guy is from Minnesota. And I forget somebody else is like, oh, Gauthier, Gauthier's fucking mom was like from reading or something. Like, this is like the laziest group of bastards ever seen. Like, they they don't go outside of the connection <laughs> realm. Well, this is the this is the classic Flyers problem right here is the connections. It's about just the bullies, the guys who are still in friggin' charge, which we discovered last season. Like we all suspected, but it was really just like completely unveiled how much Bob Clark is still involved. And like I was kind of shocked by that. I shouldn't have been, but I was. And it's just kind of stunning how this the wheel keeps turning, just keeps going in the same direction, and it's always the same connections and the same guys. So do you, do you know what's funny is like you mentioned Clark and like if I'm taking too much time just cut me off man like it's all good but um if you you mentioned Clark like Bill Meltzer who's one of the the Flyers whatever like reporters guys that's kind of paid by the team he's very adamant if you kind of talk to him that it is Fletcher and Flair or Flar I don't know how to say his name they're running this thing Flair. yeah Flair Rick Flair um Woo! that they're the ones <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones running this thing solely on their own. He's very adamant that Clark doesn't interfere. You know, they'll give their opinion when they want to. They, you know, try to stay out of the picture that this is the 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 Ric Flair show, so to speak. Um, I don't believe that for a second. Like, if you go back, for those of us who are fans of this thing for long term, like, the way they operate today, this is old Flyer culture. 
this is a double down on flyer culture in terms of size, in terms of undervaluing draft picks, in terms of attempting to build a team through free agency or trades. This is that old guard. So I'm just saying, like, I very much agree with your point that I think those guys are involved. Oh, yeah, they're definitely involved. And I I think it's just we didn't realize the degree to which they were involved. And it all comes back to basically Ron Hextall's failures, right? Because Ron Hextall was the guy basically entrusted to run the franchise. He cut a lot of those guys out. And unfortunately, Ron Hextall fucking sucked at his job, which I I hate. But, yeah, that's what happened. He sucked at his job. He was bad. And, And because he was bad, as soon as he got fired, the old guard immediately came back in and took everything back over and you know, they're making a bad situation worse. And it, it yeah, dude, it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. No, no. I mean, it's, it, it's just kind of entertaining at this point, right? Like, you know, you, you follow them it's oh, yeah, yeah. and whatever, but like, you know, you, you kind of laugh about it. It's just when you deal those draft picks away from the future, like you're dealing 23s or 24s away, whoever that next GM will be, if, even if it is, you know, uh, Briere, whatever, um, you're you're starting to affect that guy when you're making these kind of that dude's fucked. Uh, Let me tell you what that guy is fucked. He, he's fucked because he's going to night school run by the Philadelphia Flyers. Like he, he doesn't have but a chance. He, <laughs> he is gonna be like when Hextall came in all over again and had nothing and had to try to rebuild the or restock the cupboards from nothing, and that worked really well. So right, like Maybe that next was- time. Like, obviously, Ron Hextall's problem ended up being that he couldn't sign proper NHL talent to help get the team to the next stage. But I felt like half of his GM was just clearing out shit contracts. I And trying like, to get I, anything I, resembling a prospect. We had zero prospects when he came in. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, we can go on a theory here, right? So let, let's say this probably goes the way we think we'll go. Like, I know Charlie was saying, you know, if we think Fletcher shit, he's going to prove it to us, which he's kind of doing. Let's say he's removed, whatever, some point next season or at the end of next season. Like, let, let's say Briere moves in. Like, do we believe that Daniel Briere, Frodo Baggins, um, is going to have the gall, is going to have the audacity to fire guys like Dave Brown, who's brought you wonderful men like Grant Tom or uh, Nate Thompson and Grant Ristolainen and Tony D'Angelo as the head of pro scouting? Is he going to have the gall to fire Samuelson, who's been in there for close to a decade, not developing anyone? He's not going to have that power. You need external guys, sort of like Hextall, I think, to influence that change. There's this big hope about Briere and sort of what he'll do. I don't see a guy that got his position by sort of kissing ass to the old guard, getting rid of them when he steps in. Well, so my thing about Bre- I, I I like the idea of Breer just based on the fact that he's played hockey within the past decade. So, like, he actually knows how the modern <laughs> game is played. But the problem is that old guard is still there. They're not going anywhere. And, like, that, I don't even know if that's his say to get rid of those guys that have been embedded in the club forever. So, like, honestly. That's one of the big problems with the org, I think, is the fact that we don't have anyone in between Dave Scott and the general manager. Like, we need a president who is not the guy. Fletcher is the president, actually. Trades. 
Yeah, but I mean, like he's the same guy. Like he's not going to fire himself. So we need like, and, and you need like an outside guy, and not just Paul Holmgren taking a back. Yeah, seat that's the thing. GM. We need like an outside hockey person. Like Dave Scott isn't yeah. a hockey person, so he hired Chuck Fletcher, and he was like, "You're a hockey person. Go do hockey things." And right. there's no one, there's no one in between those two to look at Chuck and be like, "Hey, buddy, you're fucking it all up," and that's what they need. And I mean, obviously we're not going to get that until Fletcher's gone, but I'm hoping that whenever they decide that it's time for a new general manager, they also put another human into that second position and don't just combine them into one. Because I think the re- there's a reason why they're a separate position. I think that they need to be because there has to be some kind of hockey oversight over what the hockey ops people are doing and they don't have it. And that's why I think Chuck is, is being allowed to just like, like who's going to tell him that he's doing a bad job? Nobody. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know, but as, as far as I know, I, I think Kelly, you know, you, you are a local person. Send out a resume. We are in need of somebody to fill this position. Kelly didn't play the game, but yeah, she didn't play the game. She ain't getting that job. Come on. <laughs> she, I have a lady brain as well. I, yeah, the Flyers are going to be the last in the league to hire a woman. I guarantee you that. Um, by the way, Adam has been waiting with bated breath. Yeah, to, anyway, uh, anyway, t- take care, guys. Thank so. you. Have a good one, eh? Oh, Matt, absolutely. Thanks. Always a pleasure. Hi. <laughs> hey, Adam. I know it's like, what a day it's been so far. How are you? Uh, I'm uh, I'm all right. Um, Kelly, you know, <laughs> Chuck probably won't fire himself, but maybe he should. I guess I <laughs> I don't know. Um, First and foremost, like, before I get into what I'm going to say here, uh, how was the draft party last night? Oh, it was a blast. We had a great turnout, uh, and I was just, you know, I, I thought everything went great. Awesome. Kelly, yeah. how do you feel about it? Um, I thought it was awesome, too, actually. Awesome. I've not been to that new section yet, but it looked cool. All the pictures are cool. And- I really liked it. As I think as far as venues goes, it was our best space. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually never been in that casino. I've probably walked by it a hundred times at this point, but I've I've never actually been in until last night, and I thought it was a cool venue. It was great having, like, 50 TVs, and they actually gave us the audio to the draft, which doesn't always happen at some of these venues and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I thought it was really cool, and, uh, they you know, they gave us proper space to really stretch out and talk to each other and uh, interact. Awesome. Good, good, good. So, all right, to be clear, I'm not a fan of the pick. And, you know, known douchebag and racist Tony D'Angelo. I don't think should be on this hockey team. Yep. But I don't know. You know, all of that off the ice shit aside, maybe I can kind of see what they were doing here. Uh, Kelly, in the beginning of the call, you said that this doesn't really kind of fit a need or you don't see the need that it fits. And... I think I do. You know, I think um, one of the things last year that was just absolutely deplorable was their offense. You know, we know that for sure. And I think, you know, I'm not a Tony D'Angelo historian. I don't watch him all the time, but he does seem to be a pretty good puck mover. And to get on offense, you have to be able to move out of the defensive zone. Like that's where everything starts. And like, he actually is kind of a good puck mover. So I kind of think that fills a need. 
also the power play. I think uh, I forget who said it. I don't know if it's Harris or not. But like, you know, I, mean, I have his stats up here. He had what, 51 points last year. Almost half of those came from the power play. It, we need that. You know, that doesn't exist on this team. So I get it. Could the Flyers have added that without adding a racist to do it? Probably, you know, but I would have been nice. But but I get it. I can kind of see how it fits at that money. You know where that kind of slots him in is like, uh, you know, okay second pair guy. You know, it's questionable, but like I can kind of see it. Um, now, my question is, though, because we were talking about this earlier, like you say second pair guy, but is he going to be a second pair guy or is he going to be the top pair guy? Because can you trust Bristol-Linen? If Ellis isn't healthy, can you trust Bristol-Linen on that top pairing or is it going to have to be D'Angelo? Right, right, right. You know, and this, you know, obviously this really makes us question how the organization really views Ryan Ellis' return, I think. You know, and obviously next week, the next two weeks, we're going to really see what the whole strategy is here. We're jumping on it now because we have nothing else to talk about and it's fun and whatever. I I get it. But like this is clearly not the only move that's going to happen. There's much more to come and or at least that's planned to come that they're going to try to do. Whether or not he can pull off what we think he's going to try to pull off is a whole different thing. But you know, I would say I'm going to reserve my judgment until I kind of see how the cards fall here, I think. Um, the other thing, you know, on Twitter, I've seen a lot of people doing this, like, ghost to D'Angelo comparison. Um, can we tease that out a little bit? Like, you know, I know Ghost had a shit ton of points this year. When you look at the money, when you look at the picks given up, you look at, you know, Tony D'Angelo's production. I get it, but is – is that really an apples to apples comparison? What can we what can we say about that? So what I have to say about that is, I mean, like when they got rid of Ghost, I wasn't happy about how they got rid of Ghost, but it certainly did feel like it's time to move on within the franchise. I mean, he'd been through multiple coaches that weren't trusting him with a, a decent amount of ice time, so it, it certainly felt like the right time to move on from him. I'm still not happy with giving up picks to get rid of his contract. For sure. And yeah, I mean, honestly, it doesn't. This doesn't feel like an upgrade over Ghost in any way, shape, or form. I think D'Angelo might be, at least at his current stage in his career, versus where Ghost is. I, I think he's probably a better offensive player uh, than Ghost is currently. But like, I also don't think Shane Gostaspair has ever gotten into an incident that got him thrown out of a locker room or anything like that. You know, I, I don't. There's not. There might have been some behind the scenes character issues with Ghost, but certainly not to the degree that there has been with D'Angelo. So, uh, like, I think it's – I would much rather have Shane Gostas pair than Tony D'Angelo at the end of the day, but that's – but he's also not right-handed. And, oh, yeah, that's a unicorn in this league. You need a right-handed defenseman. <laughs> Kurt, Kelly, I don't know what your thoughts are on yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's, it's, Yeah, no, you're good, you're good. The character part of attention because, like, Ghost, as, as far as I remember, requested a trade. I believe Charlie has formally reported that, and that's part of why – like, that was part of why the whole thing went down as it did last year. And, like, I know I saw, like, you know, throughout the year, Flyers fans pointed out Ghost, some his point totals in Arizona. And, frankly, as someone who liked Ghost and didn't think he needed to give him up with those assets, I don't really care about that. He was on a terrible team. Like, 
someone kind of has to get points if you play as much as he did. And he was, you know, not good defensively. Not that anyone could be on that team. but And, and a terrible Western Conference team. Yeah. D'Angelo in his conference, I think we can argue strength of schedule goes in sure. D'Angelo's conference. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, like, what Ghost did in Arizona, I don't really care. But, like, the character part and, like, the locker room part's interesting because, like, there were it, – it's kind of easy to forget. There were – a lot of accounts that, like, last season, not this past season, the last one Ghost was here, of him just, you know, being kind of sulky and not really, like, being a great team player and all that. And it does seem tough to swallow that knowing what you're bringing in in his place. Because, like, you're, you're right. It's not a total one-to-one comparison, like, in the sense that they're both good offensive defensemen who don't really do much defense. Um, you know, their styles aren't exactly the same. Um, but like in terms of a third pair of a third pair offensive defenseman who can help your power play and who you don't really want playing much higher than that, unless you got someone really responsible with them defensively, it fits like you can, you kind of have to turn it a little bit and making hand gestures here to like, you turn it and like cram it in the right spot, but the comparison kind of fits. And I do, and the, and you know, the cost is obviously a big part of it. Ghost made four or five, Tony's making five. Um, that you had to give up that money to you have to give give up draft picks just to get rid of that money and you're taking on a very similar in fact more money for a guy who well you could argue he's better it, it probably is but I wouldn't say by a ton um, you 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 gave up a lot to get to that point and that's not even including the Risto side of the conversation which is that, like you really gave up that money or you really gave up those picks or gave up Ghost with those picks to get Risto. Um, like, I think that they're separate conversations that they're getting lumped together because, A, of the draft picks that were given up to get the two players, and B, because of the similarities between uh, Ghost and D'Angelo. So, like, I think it's a reasonable point of comparison to make. I just, um, you just do wonder a bit as far as, um, yeah, as far as how, how he fits in that sort of role, like, as it, as it pertains to the locker room, which again, hasn't, hasn't been great. And you, you know, as it's been discussed, like bringing in a guy like D'Angelo into a locker room that clearly hasn't been great. Like they don't, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt on a move like this. And like, if you, we, when ghost got traded last year, and I'm sort of rambling at this point, when ghost got traded last year, like we were all kind of like that sucks, but let's see what happens next. We've seen what happened next. <laughs> we saw what happened next. They don't really deserve the benefit of the doubt from here. They don't deserve to be the people who say, like, we think that this guy who's had these problems just about everywhere he's been, except maybe Carolina, um, we don't. We think we're the locker room that's going to have him right. Like, how does this team think it deserves that benefit of the doubt? Right. I was seeing some people, and I don't know how credible this is, but – Seeing some people kind of chatting about the fact that Carolina did not really have that many problems with him in the locker room last year, kind of signaling that, oh, my God, this time here, he may be reformed. He may be a better piece. Um, he learned to shut his mouth for once. What's that? He learned to shut his mouth for once. Yeah, and also, like, you look at fucking Rod Brindamore, I would shut my mouth, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy's going to body slam you into a table if you mouth off. Yes, sir, Mr. Brindamore. You know, like, <laughs> uh, yes, sir, I, Mr. Bod. 
And uh, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic with him and Tortorella for sure. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I'm going to cautiously reserve judgment for now to see how it goes on the ice, but off the ice, you know, hate the move. Um, you know, really, really not happy with it. I mean, that's generally how I feel about most things, Adam. Like, yeah, I am happy to be wrong when I shit on something that the Flyers do. If I think it's bad and it turns out to be good, like in my mind, that's a really good result because at the end of the day, I want them to be good. So like if this ends up helping the team or if this is the first of some series of moves that will end up in August with like a reasonably good hockey team on the ice, like, okay. But still, as we've said a thousand times, like the thing with D'Angelo is, is the on ice value worth what you have to deal with PR wise and the way it's going to alienate a large portion of the fan base? Like that's a, a thing that the Flyers had to measure. And they clearly think that he's good enough to have to put up with that bullshit. And I'm not sure that's the case, but I guess we're going to find out. Yeah. And, um, and Ward said something here in the, in the chat, like maybe the, I'll, I'll read here. Yeah. They're, they're hoping torts can handle all these guys. It could work like that. Could I mean, be possible, if any coach can, but I would. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing at the end of the day. And like we talk about this as far as like so much of the conversation around this Flyers team, like where it's all gone wrong, where they've lost their way. You know, what's going to you know, what's going to make the locker room good. The team fucking wins. Yeah. That's like that's going to be it. like that's going to be it. You know, it's not a coincidence that the Tony D'Angelo, like the whole like. Tony D'Angelo may have turned himself around in Carolina to the degree to which that narrative exists. It's not a coincidence that that Carolina team is far and away the best one he's been on in his career. And by the way, I, I saw a Chuck Fletcher quote via our Chuck, uh, Charlie O'Connor, saying, uh, well, you think he's learned from his ways and all that, you know, the usual BS. So, you know, they're saying that. Right. Like, again, it, it, it would we, like, you saw him in a situation we didn't hear much noise in a situation that was good. And so like everything, it's the flyers banking on them being good again next year for reasons. They're convinced it's going to work out because they think they're going to be good. And that's the way that like, that's been their MO for all the, every move they've really made over the last six months, ever since they fought and since December, when they fired Vignoli, we're going to be good next year. Here are moves that are made under the assumption we're going to be good. And if and if the Flyers are good, maybe Tony D'Angelo like or he probably won't be a problem in the locker room. But like we aren't optimistic that's going to happen. And if they're bad, how combustible does this situation get and how quickly? Right. That's a great point. <laughs> Wins just kind of make everything gel and kind of sweep everything else under the rug. So, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. It's always, it's always good when you talk about sweeping stuff under the rug. That's always the, the way to go. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, uh, thanks Adam. Thank you, you too. All right. Alex is joining us. Alex, how are you doing today, bud? Hey, guys. How are you? Oh, just wonderful. Let me tell you. You know, I'm kind of in the same boat. Uh, I'm going to apologize up front if I'm repeating a lot of things I probably already said. Uh, kind of signed on about 10 minutes ago. Not, not the best way for me to start my day as a Flyers fan. You know, uh, I was okay with the draft pick, but kind of like the dog feeling a storm coming when I saw <laughs> Tony D'Angelo's name pop up on Twitter 
kind of felt like this was happening. Um, so I'm not strictly surprised, but I'm very disappointed. Um, like and, a parent. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like a, like a parent. Very disappointed. And uh, I have a feeling that this is Chuck going, see, I have fixed the D pairs. We now have another legit number or first pair defenseman and all that. Yes, and I'm just sad. I don't really have any good analytics, just sad. Just disappointed. And also kind of wondering if Evander Kane is next on the uh, on the list just to get all the shitty people. Oh, no! <laughs> no! Alex, uh, why would you manifest this? I'm I'm not manifesting anything that nothing that everybody's already thinking. I haven't heard this particular one. No! You're all thinking it. You know they're got they're looking out there, they're going, Nazi Contra's kinda got a high price tag and uh, Oh no. There's a lot of the 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 market's kinda high, but we can get Vander King is just gonna be cheap in a good year. So it'll be okay. We have torts and torts will will keep them in line. I guarantee you. Evander King might have to go back to San Jose. Kane's gonna get paid. Evander Kane might have to go back to San Jose, depending on what the um, the investigation or the like arbitrator says about like the violation of the contract and whatnot. Oh my God! I'm hearing you, but also NHL and also Flyers. Oh, this is. I'm just I'm feeling it in my bones. Gang, I hate it here. <laughs> it's the fucking worst. They it's might the unintentionally worst. They might unintentionally tank, and that that's fine. Now, yeah. so I, I, the worst this, this is like the worst case scenario now I'm thinking of where Tony D'Angelo gets so the, they get the wrong local boy from South Jersey and then they get Evander Kane for the forward in the offseason and then Gaudreau goes to the Devils and makes him a playoff team is that, that like worst case scenario? Yeah, I think that's how I cry myself to sleep each night which is it's pretty close already Yeah, it could be I'm, so, I'm going to be interested to see how Tony D'Angelo works in Philly, seeing as Bruce didn't work in Philly. Like, you're bringing in an offensive-minded defenseman, if I'm remembering this correctly, and we don't like that here. You pair him with Sanheim. He's not, he's not big, and he, he doesn't – I don't think he does the hits. Pair him with Sanheim, and Sanheim plays the defense, and then D'Angelo is the rover. This is terrible. I would hope so. I, I'm willing to. I live in North Jersey now, unfortunately, but. Oh, I'm sorry. Home, uh, you know, everybody's got their own cross to bear, um, and this one's mine. And uh, but I'll come home with ticket signs in front of the skate zone if, if everybody's willing, because this is getting out of hand very quickly. Yeah. I, I, I saw in the, the comments somebody was asking what TDA sh- done to show he's reformed, redeemed himself, other than shutting up. And, Joe, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I have, I, he's done nothing. He's done absolutely nothing. The, the man has not learned shit. He's just shut up. That's all he's done. I'm sure he loves his dog and all that shit, but Great. I really do not care. If you get kicked off of, like you guys have mentioned before, a very good NHL team, after what? What was it, the season, or was it two? So Carolina, he was only one season, but uh, as Kelly said, they at least said all the right stuff, saying they liked him in the locker room. It was just like, they just looked at the advanced stats, and which 
I'm surprised they didn't know going into the season because I thought it was very obvious that he's just shit defensively and very good offensively. Like I, I thought that was like well known common sense right there. But uh, yeah, I, I can't believe. You know what? I mean, we we talked about obviously the the morals of the situation, and we've talked about the actual on ice play, but. The, what Chuck gave up for this guy, and I know we said it earlier, but that's really just pisses me off too. The fact that he gave up three picks and then he—I I feel like he overpaid for the guy. It just—I hate it. I'm seeing a lot of debrinking comparisons. And oh no, that was me being stupid. I was—I was, you're, I was on one. one. I was yelling. <laughs> don't don't feel too bad about it because I'm seeing a lot of other people going, "Well, Debrinket got X, Y, Z." And it's like, well, Dabrinkit's also got a higher price tag coming in up when he, when you have to resign him. So. The, the thing that's wild about... That's not quite one-to-one. No, it was better picks that they had to give for Dabrinkit than the ones we gave for D'Angelo. The thing that's wild about Dabrinkit is that the whole reason I didn't want them to make that move is that contract and money-wise, it didn't make any sense for the Flyers. But, like, that was before they gave Tony D'Angelo $5 million. So now I'm like, well, maybe you should have just traded for Alex to bring it. Like, since we're just fucking around with the cap anyway, like, maybe go get right, the like guy it. that's good. Yeah. You're going to get nuts. Get nuts. Well, they would have well, had to give up the Dabrinkit, but what, was, what is Dabrinkit's actual price tag? They would have had to give up better. Well, what, it yeah, like Harris just said, it would have been fifth, the fifth. fifth. I mean, like, what, what is... What is he expected to sign? Well, uh, so I think next season the qualifying is what ten mil. Ten, yeah. Ten, ten mil. Yeah. Qualify. I think it's like that's nine that's something. Yeah. Terms. And then his long term deal is probably going to be like nine plus for however many years. It's probably what he ends up. With. Which is an insane amount of money. I feel for for that guy in particular. I don't know. He's really fucking like good. I know. He's really fucking be, good. I know. Not going to be a Patrick Kane to set him up though. Like I think he's still going to score goals, though. Like I, he has Kachuk and Norris and Batherson. That's not Kane, but still and Giroux. Potentially. Giroux, it's going to happen. Oh, God. I, I don't think well, – I there. think the price tag – He has it there, but he wouldn't have had it in Philly. I think the price tag was lower for Dabrinkit because Dabrinkit didn't commit to, like, signing longer term – right away like if, if he had done that maybe and unless Otto was a conference finalist in his time there I don't think he resigns I think he goes back somewhere in the states right I, I saw that a lot about the Debrinka trade with Otto in particular like this is a risky trade for them because they gave up you know it seemed like less than you would expect for Debrinka but it's probably just going to be this year would we um, rather have Kachuk than a Goudreau right now off the top of my head. I would actually. I mean, prefer. yeah, but you have to give up stuff for good. Yeah, you would have a to give up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's a five years younger and a better all around player, but you got to give up stuff for him. That's all. I'd love really both. Give up stuff. I'll, I'll give up stuff for a young Kachuk. I mean, to be fair, we, we kind of have more stuff than we and do it doesn't money. Seem like, so. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like they want to give him up. There were reports yesterday the Devils offered the second pick for Kachuk, and they and Calgary did not take it. So. Yeah, they they don't want to give him up, and I don't blame them. No, they didn't. Well, Kachuk's a goddamn hockey player, you know. Like he, we we talk about guys that would just be perfect flyers, and Kachuk's one of them. 
I, I'm I'm almost guaranteeing that Gaudreau's gone. Like if he ha- he would have signed re-signed with uh, Calgary by now if he was actually going to stay. I think he's just waiting till he hits UFA. He's he's listened on what, like what Calgary offer him, and then he'll just take it to New Jersey, Seattle, Philadelphia, whoever else, and say here's what I want. And dude's getting paid. He knows it. Yeah. I so like Gaudreau's gone. Or not Gaudreau's going to get paid and. But he's what? 29? If the Flyers want it, they have to trade Konechny. If the Flyers want it, they have to trade Konechny. It's that simple. I mean, okay, but also. No, I'm just like you have to make it Konechny trade one. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff. I don't know. They're not winning anytime soon. Like we'll make the playoffs, and it'll be a one and done, and we'll do that for the next like three years. Well, are so they winning the cup in the next ten years? It doesn't look like it. Probably not. Well, not not anymore. Not Certainly not. not with Chuck Fletcher at GM. No, and I, I, you guys. Uh, Gaudreau, for the record. Yeah. Gaudreau, for the record, by the way, is 28 currently, but he turns 29 in August. Okay. So he'll be all they had to do was just draft Gaudreau in 2011 instead of Nick Cousins. That's all they had to do, and they they win. And Alex DeBrinket instead of Jay O'Brien. Well, no, it wasn't Jay O'Brien. No, it was the Burge. Oh they yeah, that was the Burge. It was Rupsoff yeah. and LeBurge. Yeah. I mean, the germ. Get, the, 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 the germ get infected. But, like, believe me, we could spend the entire day just going back over who the Flyers should have drafted because there's an all-star team they should have drafted. Don't get me wrong there. but And also, I just wanted to quickly read, uh, so we got the full quote from Charlie O'Connor, uh, from Chuck Fletcher about Tony D'Angelo, at least as far as uh, the racial slur in juniors. So Charlie's question is, what would you say to fans who look at his history, the racial slur in juniors, the fight with a teammate? What would you say to fans that are not comfortable with his acquisition? Fletcher said, well, you certainly have to appreciate their opinion. He's made some mistakes, and he's apologized for them. He's suffered consequences for them. Some of the mistakes earlier in his career, he hasn't had any repeat offenses, so to speak. I think, again, he's matured from everything that we can gather. He's working hard to be a better person, both on and off the ice. Uh, translation, he hasn't Did publicly fucked up, so we're going to just go with this. Did you guys just go to law school and, like, they debate the word is? They're, like, all the, the crazy... It's PR... Except they run hockey games. It's po- political PR bullshit is what it is. And and Chuck knows it. He knows it's a line of shit. He's desperately trying to hold on to his job, and this is a desperation move, as we said. I mean... Alright guys, thank, thank you very much I'll, uh, Thanks buddy Thanks Alex I mean, Tony D'Angelo hasn't suffered a single consequence No, it's I you mean, know, say, what, say whatever you want he Folks, cancel culture's not, bullshit, am I right? Am I right? suffered a single consequence he got I, Unless Unless like uh, maybe Oh yeah, he did get suspended, I guess that. Oh boo! He cost himself some money by being a dick like he to probably, be fair, getting yeah. traded to this team might be the punishment that he's been due for all this time. <laughs> what was the What was the Instagram post? It was like, "Who's your least favorite yeah. team, Philadelphia?" Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, Ryan Quigley has joined the line. Quigs, what's going on, man? Guys, I was having such a good fucking morning. <laughs> I woke up. I woke up. We got some. We went to Wawa. I got a uh, turkey bacon uh, wrap. From Wawa, very good, highly recommend. And we're driving, everything's great. We're listening to an emo like mid 2000s mix on Spotify, and it was awesome. And then I looked down at my phone, things are blowing up. 
And I was kind of excited because I was like, oh, man, maybe they're doing something spicy. Maybe they traded for, like, the rights of Johnny Goudreau and they're going to sign him. And then I, I literally thought I was dreaming when I saw – or having a nightmare, rather – when I saw what actually has happened. And now I'm – I haven't – I think this is the lowest I've felt as a Flyers fan in a long time. Because, like – And that's saying something. It's not even the fact that it's it's Tony D'Angelo and he's a piece of shit, which clearly he is. He's a sack of garbage and he shouldn't even – he has paid no consequences for any of the bad things he's done, which is a lot of things. Um, but he is – how does he fit with this system right now? Let's just talk just hockey. I don't understand how he fits in with this system at all. He doesn't. He and John Tortorella are going to absolutely butt heads. Like they're going to hate each other. I don't understand this move at all. He like he's gonna get benched. He's literally Kelly. You said it best. He's just ghost except racist. That's the only <laughs> like that's the only thing that separates them. So I'm just looking at this move very confused, and I, I don't. I truly don't know how Chuck Fletcher makes it through this season. I really don't. Like if he makes it through the season, it's just because they're gonna fire him at the end of the year, and th- this is their like quote unquote accidental take. I don't know what else to say. I mean, this is pretty much – I have zero confidence right now with with Chuck Fletcher and his um, personnel decisions. I mean, I'm scared for free agency. Oh, I'm terrified for free agency. Absolutely terrified. Like, who Wait, yourself. Give, he's going to give – I don't know. I, I don't want to put any evil out into the universe right now. But I just – I have no confidence in him whatsoever. And, like, the state of the Flyers right now is – as bad as I've ever seen it. Now, granted, I've only I've only been watching hockey religiously since like 2010, so like only like 12 years. But still, this is so bad, and this trade is just mind-boggling. The, the only positive I can take out of this is the fact that they didn't trade the 2022, uh, excuse me, the 2024 first-round pick they got for Giroux. Because I, w- before I saw the return, I was like, oh my god, he totally traded the Giroux pick, didn't he? Oh, that's what's getting traded to get rid of the JVR contract. Oh, of course. Yeah, obviously. Obviously. Come on. But, man, I I saw you guys were doing this. I wanted to jump on, and I just wanted to shout into the void for a little bit because I am just feeling some sort of way right now, and um, I'm, glad I'm, not, I'm glad I'm not alone with all this. The, the Spotify lives are just constantly therapy. I got a couple comments I want to read real quick. So yeah. uh, Joe D., said he's working hard to not be an outright asshole, Chuck Fletcher. Uh, Alex said, Chuck Fletcher said, I'm going to ruin your whole weekend. Joe said, do you think Torts had any input on this decision, or do you think he's reeling as much as the rest of us? That's an interesting question right there as far as, you know, if Torts had any uh, input on this. Uh, a great person to perhaps answer that is Maddie Campbell, who just joined us here. Hello. Maddie, how are you? Uh... As expected. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just thinking about the the tort stuff, and Ryan kind of touched on it as well. Um, yeah, I, I I mean I can't imagine that he had a lot of input into this move. I also don't think that he and D'Angelo are gonna get along particularly well. Like I get where an idea might come from that him being kind of a hard ass at times might mean that he could get the malcontents under control. But like, I don't think that that's actually true. That's okay. So 
You don't think he's actually going to, you know, like wrangle in the boys here and keep everything under. Do you think it's just going to be chaos? Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, because Dubois was not happy at the end of his run in Columbus, and Tortorella didn't make that any better. Uh, Jack Roslovic coming into Columbus was still kind of a grumpy, not a great locker room guy character. Um, yeah, and it wasn't like Torts was the magic fix for either of those, so I don't anticipate that happening here either. Okay, so you think Chuck just kind of threw out this this Hail Mary here, and he said, deal with it, the Torts. Yeah, that that would be my feeling. Yeah. Oh my God! It's I mean, overall, Maddie, I know we've gotten kind of everybody's you know thoughts on this so far. It's similar, but who knows? Uh, how are you feeling about the move? And also, I mean, I'd love to talk a little bit about the draft itself too. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely, fucking hate the move. <laughs> I had just sat down for my break at work when the news was coming through, and I just like couldn't process it at all for just all of the levels that it is so fucking stupid. It's really, I mean, it's a puzzling move. As we've said, we don't know where he's going to play. We're not sure what his role is going to be outside of the power play. The only thing it makes sense for is the power play. That's really the only area where it's like, okay, yeah, he makes sense there, but he's got no defensive skills. He's just not a guy who's like, I don't see his fit with, with Sanheim or Provorov. I mean, I could potentially see Sanheim, but then, where the hell does Risto play? And it's just, it's a, a flaming tire fire. Yeah. And even then, like if you're feeling really pressed about fixing the power play, I'd give Cam York a shot before bringing in whatever nonsense this is going to be. Yeah. We were talking about that. Like uh, Warren had asked earlier, do you think this is kind of a, an indictment of Cam York and their confidence in him on the power play? Because, you know, I, I would think he needs another year or two, personally. He has but... not at all had enough of a look on yeah. the power play. I not agree. even close. good. He did right? look good when he was on there. I thought he did. Yeah. Way better than Provorov. I mean, yeah. that's a low bar, but way, way better than Provorov. And I think that if you gave him a full season, Q being the power play, at least on the second unit, I have a feeling he'd be quite good at it. Agreed. Yeah, and as Craig just brought up in the uh, in the discussion here, he said it feels like Ellis has done at least most of the season, if not career, because of this move. And yeah, this is not really a move that you make if you're confident in Ryan Ellis coming back, because Ryan Ellis is clearly the superior option for top pairing defenseman. Like there's in the three games we saw of Ryan Ellis, he's the best Flyers defenseman I've seen in years, and. He disappeared into the mist after that. And we, if he even exists on this plane of reality anymore, who's to know? But it's, man, this just feels like a bit of a, I don't know, a bit of give up there. Because like you don't want to be paying a third-pair defenseman $5 million a season. I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> At least that's how I feel in the matter. Yeah, it's a whole mess. It's a whole mess. Now, let's let's pivot away from the most depressing thing in the world to, uh, you know, the youngsters, the draft. Maddie, how are you feeling about this draft so far? I, I know there were mixed reactions on Cutter, and there is an absurd amount of Americans drafted by the Flyers this year. But how are you feeling about things overall? Any picks you really like? Any picks you really dislike? Uh, feeling solidly fine about it. 
like a little B. Are you thinking right now? B grade. Yeah. yeah. I like the I like the Gauthier pick. Um, I mean, he's kind of who I really wanted heading into the draft. So I forgot uh, about that, Maddie. You were the one that was on the Gauthier train. Yeah. Right, because we had nice. the we had the mock draft, the SB Nation mock draft, and Steph came in. It's like, who do I draft with this pick? And then there was a whole discussion. I think did we end up going with Eurocheck uh, after the group? We consensus? did. Yes, yeah, we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that was a chaotic few minutes. <laughs> it and truly Steph was. Had, and Steph tried to trade the pick for Jacob Chikrin. <laughs> she said, she did. Steph, <laughs> she loves Baby Chick. That's she loves him. Which I only I I used to think she was calling him Baby Chich, and I said I don't understand that nickname at all. But then she said it was <laughs> Chikrin, and it all clicked into place. So, okay, so Cutter you like. How about the rest of the guys? Any standouts there amongst any any actual swings, Chuck Chuck? Because that's what we were looking for coming into this draft. We were looking for him to take some big swings. Yeah, um, I'm now completely blanking on literally everybody's names. Uh, McDonald, is- Bump, Kaplan, uh, Gendron, and then the Finn in the seventh as well. Or the sixth. I think Bump is my favorite prospect because of his name. Bump's a good swing. McDonald's a terrible pick. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of get where they're coming from with the McDonald pick. I'm, like, not super excited about it personally, but it's the same sort of thing they did with, like, the Adderd pick or the St. Ivany where they are just taking a shot on an overager hoping that maybe he's a late bloomer but Adder scored like mcdonald's in his d plus two and didn't score at all like yeah, i don't yeah, like yeah, those yeah, like yeah. you're getting a sixth or seventh defenseman if he ever makes it like you, you can draft those way later or sign them for like minimum money basically i don't yeah, like that yeah yeah which was sort of what i was getting to is like i don't hate the thought process in general of having a couple of guys you're like eh, you know well we'll see but yeah, this one I don't really love. The bump one's good because, like, in his limited USHL time, he was pretty good. Obviously, dominated Minnesota high school, and he's going to Vermont, where like he'll get the ice time and be able to like actually produce and play in all situations. Some of the Minnesota kids who just like by default go to Minnesota, like they get stuck and they get like buried in the lineup, so they don't actually develop. Whereas kids like Gensel and Andrews Lee, who went to Omaha and uh, Notre Dame they actually got the ice time and developed much better than some kid who just gets stuck on the third line, like Sammy Walker at Minnesota. So I like that. He's gone to Vermont. Well, I don't know shit about the picks outside of Cutter, so I, I certainly can't comment on that. But uh, Kaplan's a good, like I, like I said, good energy, probable third liner. I think he'll play in the NHL. Like we'll see what he does at BU, but. BU develops guys pretty well. Um, but, like, we're getting to a point where the NCAA is producing so many good players. Now we're overrating all NCAA, NCAA players and just think, oh, they'll they'll be good and they'll be pro. Like, all of them will turn into, like, decent pros. And a lot just never will. So we'll see. But, like, I think Kaplan makes it. But we'll see. L2 is a, a half-decent track record, I suppose. But I guess to, to pivot over to the actual Flyers team, that we'll be seeing next season. So I don't think, I don't think cap friendly has updated with our, our good friend TDA yet. Uh, but regardless, the, the cap is not so friendly for us next season. And obviously JVR 
I think that's the obvious one to go. Uh, Maddie, we've talked a lot about Travis Konechny possibly getting dealt. How do you feel on that front? Do you feel how do you feel the likelihood is for that kind of move? Um, feels increasingly likely. I mean, they have to do something, right? Like they need to move JVR and then somebody else to even be compliant to start the season, right? Right, right. Like they have to be compliant to start the season. Also, you know, we've talked a lot about Johnny Gaudreau signing and what was the the last report as far as what Calgary was offering him? I think it was about 9.5 or something like that. So you would think Johnny Gaudreau, if he's turning down 9.5, is at minimum looking for 10 mil a season. Yeah, and I did, I think I just saw something that, I mean, at least sounds like Calgary's feeling a little more optimistic about their ability to re-sign him at this point. It seems like they might be kind of coming around again. Um, so we'll see there. But um, My God, if Johnny Hockey isn't there... We are about, it was already a pretty depressing offseason, but if we don't even have that flicker of hope, I, good Lord, that's rock bottom. I was thinking about that a few minutes ago. Like, what if this is the homecoming we get? Like, we've all been saying, bring him home. Bring home John Hockey. And, like, they don't do that, and instead they bring home TDA. That's the homecoming we get. That would be uh, quite the turn, and a very, very Flyers turn at that, I think. So. Oh my God, it is just, I think, as depressing a turn as you could possibly get. Because, you know, at that point, you might as well go with the true heel move and bring in Malkin, because that would just be hilarious and piss off Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins. At fans. that point, at this point, like, I'm just trying to, like, ruin things for other teams now. You know what I mean? Like, let's make life a little more, like, not fun for Penguins fans, because what else is there right now? You know, there's just not a ton to be happy about. <laughs> it's like it's like the meme where um, it's like the meme of the guy on Facebook where someone says, why don't you smile? And he says, there's nothing to smile about. That's literally how I feel right now. <laughs> well, let's hope things fall apart in Calgary, because I, I would like that homecoming. I mean, but I also don't at the same time, because I, I think it is in this team's best interest to kind of bottom out and have to rebuild from scraps because like the bones of this team are not good. The structure of this team is not good. And that's really our biggest problem moving forward. Like if I'm looking at this right now, like, like you've got Couturier is a big question mark for next season coming off his injury. Kevin Hayes has had his fair share of injuries in the past year. Cam Atkinson is on the wrong side of 30. You know, Konechny, we've talked a lot about Konechny. Farabee, who knows? Oscar Lindblom has, you know, been just coming back from one of the most horrific things you can imagine. And these are your core guys. And then the defense, you've got Provorov. You've got Sandheim. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm going to – you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm going now. See you guys. Bye. I wanted to ask, because I think this was touched upon in the Slack chat earlier, but I was, like, driving down I-95, so I missed it. But, like, what do we think this means? Like, clearly this is not the best sign for Ryan Ellis. Would would that be the general agreement? That, that seems to be the vibe everywhere. Like, he's I, I'm, I'm assuming that this is just, like, this is telling us, you know, not explicitly, but it's telling us that Ryan Ellis, at the very least, is not starting. Ryan Ellis is a dead. 
He is a dead. He's in this bucket. He's in the bucket. I yeah, don't and- know when he's going to play again, but I would, I mean, like, I, I feel like they don't make this move if they're confident that Ryan Ellis is going to be playing like before Christmas. Yeah. And I don't want to go as far as to say like, this is the team signaling that they know for sure that he is not going to play this season at all. It just seems like, I don't know how much they can really know at this point, but at the very least, it feels like that's them saying, yeah, he's not going to be good to go to start the season. I mean, the idea that the entire middle of his body is broken, like all of it, essentially, they said every layer of the middle of his body, which like, I don't like I'm sitting on the couch and I'm using the muscles in the middle of my body to like sit upright. Like imagine how much you just can't function as a hockey player if the middle of your body is completely broken. Like I really don't know how they fix him without surgery and Phil said this on our show, like this really feels like we're going to get to like August 15th and they're going to be like, yay, probably need surgery. Yeah. And then they're going to yeah. do surgery and then he's going to be out for the season. They just sounded so not confident in the presser a couple weeks ago where they yes. basically confirmed the, uh, the Faraby injury and like, like the, the Faraby thing, like he'll be fine. I'm not really worried about that. Cause like we saw Eichel come back and he like, wasn't, the Eichel that we were expecting, but like, that's kind of what happens when you miss a year and a half of hockey or however, however long he was gone. Oh yeah. And also we saw Kevin Hayes come back from his surgeries, which were abdominal, right? Like they're, you know, and he wasn't the same player either. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but then when he came back towards the end of the season, he was like the hottest player on the team. So like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not so worried about Faraby and everything, but like with the whole Ellis thing, it's so, it's just so increasingly clear that like, He's definitely not going to be ready for the start of the season. I, like that seems pretty like obvious right now, and um, I feel like you know, with each passing day, I'm just like, damn, he's literally not going to play a single like another game with the Flyers, is he? and it's like it's really it's really it's bumming me out that that's like the situation. But like, I guess at the end of the day, the Flyers didn't pay much to get him. Like what? What are they like? Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick and like, oh yeah, like I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. Although it is, it is a little, it is a little annoying that Nashville just used Phil Myers as an asset to acquire McDonough. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's super annoying. And uh, also, I mean, get ready to be real annoyed when Tampa Bay fixes oh, Phil Myers. Yeah. Oh well, I thought Nashville was going to do that. I assumed Nashville was going to turn him into a stud. I'm actually shocked they didn't. I feel like Tampa, Tampa's got magic. Yeah, Tampa, they turned Ruda from like an eighth defenseman into, into like at least a capable number six who could play like up with, um, Hedman. And Steve, and I guess this goes for the group. Is it concerning? And I think Steve, we talked about this during the year that the Flyers, like there is no window because they're like under 23 talent is not as good, obviously, as like Carolina, New York, um, maybe not necessarily New York, but. But other teams, um, Jersey, Columbus, and a lot of other teams of the Atlantic, and then their older talent is nowhere good as the Tampa, the Florida, the Toronto, the Carolina, and New York. So, like, unless they hit on every trade and they get lucky here and there, and you need luck, but like, there's no window. So, like, what what what's going to happen over the next, like, short term and long term? They 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 need something huge, and that. Maybe it's next year's draft, but then they keep making these moves that make me think that 
they're probably not going to be that bad unless everything falls apart, which it could because the dressing room is going to be a mess. But, like, there's just no window. Well, that's the problem. It's it's the problem we've had for the past decade of Flyers hockey is this is a middling team with middling talent. And without Claude Giroux, they don't even have a top-end guy. It's all a bunch of supplemental players. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm at higher on Bobby Brink than a lot of people, like, just projecting out from, like, what he's done already and, like, what he could do. And maybe the Flyers stun his growth a little bit. But, like, I told Kelly, I think he's, like, a 45-point player this next year. But maybe I'm a little overly optimistic. But you're right. It's just a bunch of supplemental players that are, like, decent in Philadelphia, but then maybe on other teams they're a lot better. Like, I, I keep – thinking like Bill that Konechny's going to go somewhere else and he'll be really, really good and help a team at least get to a conference final or a final. If you put Konechny on a Tampa Bay, on or a Edmonton. Colorado, on an Edmonton, he's going to do great. Uh, he might put up even the same numbers, but guess what? Like He just would work better because he'd have less pressure and he'd have less of a spotlight upon him. Yeah, better and, impact. Exactly, better impact. I, I just, you know, it sucks. It sucks that this is where we're at, and unfortunately the drafting philosophy has led us to just kind of a, a B team at, on their best day. On their best day, they're B team. And, and, and like, I, go on their worst day, this past season. Gauthier's a good pick, but I, I don't even know what his ceiling is. So maybe that's a better swing to take, but like I don't know if you get fifth overall value out of him. I mean, I guess it was a weaker draft at the top, but like yeah. I'm, I'm still like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Gauthier, I mean, the, the thing I like about him is the scoring ability. You know, this is something we, we need Scores guys to actually score some goddamn goals in this team. And, I, you know, I'm going to get to uh, the appropriately named 69 in a second. That's joining great name. Um <laughs> But, you know, Maddie, you are one of the bigger ones on Gautier in the slack and everything. And I know you addressed it briefly, but just uh, as looking as far as looking at the ceiling goes and, and your thoughts on Gautier, like how do you feel about this pick for the Flyers as far as the future of this club goes? Oh, sorry. I accidentally unplugged my headphones. Can you repeat the beginning of that question? Gautier, um, future of the team ceiling. Um. I mean, I think it's it's a good fit. Um, I don't know about ceiling at this point. I get so nervous about projecting that at this point. Yeah. I think a lot really depends on if he sticks at center. Um, okay. If he jumps to college. It seems like they feel pretty good about his ability to do that, but I don't know. We'll see. It's like BC is also in a little bit of flux right now. I think they're just hired a new coach are looking for a new coach so i don't even really know what that program is going to look like next year okay just hired Um, a new coach that i think played with goche's dad in sweden okay they got the connections there (laughs) always there you go it's all about the connections at the end of the day all right well so that i mean it's top of the draft i really hope they they drafted some talent there i'm optimistic i'm I'm cautiously optimistic at this time now i think that's pretty bang on okay good now i know uh the the the, probably the best name to come through here today uh the nicest number there is bill and ted's favorite number 69 has some words to speak about so uh what's up what's going on uh not much uh so i want to go back to the infamous dave scott press conference where he (laughs) said what was it what was the quote it was like we have unlimited money or something along those lines right blank check 
So <laughs> why hasn't anyone like thought to ask like, okay, if we have a blank check, why not then bottom out completely and rebuild if money's not an issue and you don't have to worry about selling tickets because we have a blank check and it's do it this question. the proper way. It's a great question. Like he says that comment, right? He says he has a blank check, but what does that mean? Because yeah, the Flyers had a blank check under Ed Snyder too, and they hadn't won a goddamn Stanley Cup since 1975. Yeah, and like it doesn't matter in a salary cap age. I honestly, I, I know that everyone thinks that Dave Scott is like super concerned about how much money the Flyers are making Comcast, but like if you look for like one second at how much money Comcast as a whole makes. Like they don't, they truly don't give a fuck about what the Flyers are doing. I don't think that this whole retool thing had as much to do with selling tickets as it does. Dave Scott's front office is filled with people who believe that the Flyers culture does not allow for the idea of a tank. And on purpose, we're going to be bad. A process. A Sixers yes. process. Yes. There's no one in that front office who would abide the idea of selling off talent and being bad on purpose. It's not part of the stupid Flyers culture that they're all obsessed with. So I really don't think that the impetus behind this whole retool thing is just we have to sell tickets. We, we can't be bad anymore because we're not selling tickets. Like, I don't really think that's it. I just think that the Flyers as an organization don't believe, as Steve just said, in doing the process. They just <laughs> won't do it, this group of people. So, at, I mean, at some point they're going to have a new front office. Maybe those people will believe in it. Or maybe it'll get bad enough that they'll come to the conclusion that there's just no way around it. They have to do it. Or, as we've said, they're going to – fuck around and slip and fall ass backwards into a rebuild because every move that they're making is terrible and it's not going to work. Maybe are you, gonna, gonna are you saying they're going to fuck around and find out? I, they could be <laughs> fucking around right now and they might find out later. But yeah, I, I just don't, the idea, the whole Comcast narrative is very exhausting to me. It's like a silly, like simplistic, just like, I don't know. It, it's, it's an easy big, target, right? Like it's an easy target to blame. Hates, Everyone hates Comcast, but like this isn't even like this isn't the case. Comcast customers hate Comcast. <laughs> right, that's what I mean. Like no one likes this corporation, and I'm not defending them in any way, but like as a whole, like no one I in the Comcast organization as a whole is telling Dave Scott that like the ten thousand tickets that they didn't sell is like his ass is on the line or something. Like they don't care. It's like a a rounding error in the course exactly. of things for Comcast. So it's just like, could we not with that anymore? I, I, I do think that Dave Scott has surrounded himself with hockey men who will never, ever, ever abide the idea of losing on purpose. And so that's where we are. And, and well, that's and how it's going to be. To be fair, Mr. Ed Snyder, that everybody, you know, for good never. reason, like reveres around here. Ed Snyder never would have done this shit. Never in a million it years would he have tanked. It was just easier for him because there was no fucking salary cap. I don't know why Correct. no one ever acknowledges mm. this. Correct. He never, yeah. he never wanted to rebuild. He never would have ever done it. It was just easier because he could just go out and buy whoever the fuck he wanted to. If Chuck Fletcher could go out and buy every player that we needed to fix this thing, they would do that. 
if he could give he Johnny Hockey, if he could give Johnny Hockey like thirty million a season tomorrow, he would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. But they can't, can't. do it because right. there's and not only is there a salary cap, it is the tightest salary cap in all of sports. I'm yeah. worried that this entire roster would be filled with middle six forwards and bottom four defensemen if we had a blank check and there's no salary cap and Chuck Fletcher was spending the money. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if there was no salary cap, though, I don't think Chuck Fletcher ever would have been in charge because Paul Holmgren's crazy ass would still be in there just doing whatever the hell he wanted. I'm worried that, like, all right, so, like, come opening night, is Couturier the only person that's an actual, like, first-line caliber player? Like, if you think about, like, first-line defense and first-line forward, like, is Couturier the only one that we have on this roster right now? Um... Yes. Farabee on his best day, I, no. I might – you don't think so? No. not. I mean, maybe someday he will be, but I would say if that if a, you – I think Farabee could be. If we're talking about a competitive hockey team that could make the playoffs, Sean Couture is the only guy that's a first-line top, top guy. Only guy. No one else is, in my mind, even close. I'm going to give Joel Farabee – I think I think Joel Farabee's close. I think he's – he needs to develop a little bit more, but I think he's close. Uh, Atkinson's a second line player on his, you know, I like Cam Atkinson a lot, but he's a second line player. And Kevin Hayes, same thing. Yeah, I feel like. And Connecty, same thing. Therapy could probably make that step maybe towards the end of the season. He definitely needs like another year to develop. But it's just like, man, Chuck's been in charge for how long? And we have one like semi elite player. And um, I mean, semi as in like if. Couturier returns back to full health and he's good to go. Okay, so I have a question about Chuck Fletcher, and I don't know if we if this was done earlier today before I logged on, but and if it did, I apologize, but I, I feel like I should ask this question. What are like what are the chances he makes it through next season? Oh, I, I don't think it's gonna happen unless the, like, the, this it, team would have to be awesome. This yeah. team it would have bad, to be yeah. in a playoff spot by Christmas. To, for him to keep his job. Yeah, if they're if they're bad at Christmas, he's getting fired. Next May, question. I don't see how. Like by next May, I don't see how he's going to be. No, generous. which is what makes this whole off season even fuckier. Is that like so? Right now, he's dumping twenty twenty four picks because I, I think Kurt was the one that said it. He knows he's not going right. to be here. Yeah, so he doesn't. Why would he give a shit? (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I don't care what's going to happen in 2024. I got to try to do something right now to save my job. And when he doesn't, the next guy is going to have very little in the way of assets to work with. And that's kind of terrifying. To make a comparison that Tony D'Angelo would understand, it's like having a lame duck president in there that, you know, doesn't give a shit about tomorrow because he's not going to be in the role. And then. You get upset and you storm the cap. But anyway, now I digress here. But we got Craig B. joining us. Craig's been waiting to say something. How you doing, bud? Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, we got you loud and clear. Awesome. I figured out the mute button. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit more deceptive <laughs> than you think it would be sometimes. <laughs> well, so just going back to, like, Kelly's point earlier about, like, this team is just not going to bottom out and do the, like, Sixers rebuild thing. <clears throat> so like in the what's the timeline for like Chuck actually making moves from from here on because you know he said he made a comment like yesterday about it's been really busy and all this sort of stuff and then he made the Tony D'Angelo move and now everybody's like uh but like obviously there's going to be more moves so is that like leading up to the free agency stuff and and isn't that like the 13th or whatever 
And so like, I don't know. I mean, Chuck's got to make a lot more moves to make this team. Cause he said that he wanted more high end talent, but then it's like, I don't know. Cause like what you guys were just saying, Katuri is like the only like elite player we have on the roster. You've got to get two wingers on his side to make this team at all competitive. So I don't know. I just like, do we think that there's going to be movement for like trades in the coming, like whatever that is like week or whatever? I think without a doubt, JVR is getting traded soon. Cause I think if they're going to make a move, they're going to have to clear cap space. And he's the most obvious example. Uh, and right. they're, I don't think they're buying him out at this point. I think they would have done it already. If I think that buyout period's open, but you know, I, been open. Yeah. it has been open. I think it would have happened <laughs> if it was going to happen. Now, Looking at the players available, Gaudreau is obviously the top target, right? But yeah. as Maddie said, maybe it might work out with the Flames, which would be terrible for us. And I, Phil Forsberg is another guy who's out there, but it sounded yesterday like he was going to work things out with the Preds. Has he signed a contract yet, anybody? No, I don't think no, so. No, he has not. No. But okay. yeah, that's, for, that's, I think Friedman, yeah. Friedman said the other day, I think it was Friedman, that he's... There's like movement on that. Yeah, I, I saw that from LeBron too. That like oh, they were moving closer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of the insiders who really gives a shit. They're all the same at the end of the day. And then, you know, there's like three really, three or four like really good hockey insiders and like who really gives a shit after that. And um, but like Gaudreau is obviously the big name. Forsberg. So I'm a little worried at this point. And I like the player, but I don't like how much he's going to get in free agency. Nazem Kadri. Ugh. I like him a lot. Listen, yeah. let Nazem go get his fucking money. He's just not going to get it here because we simply yeah. don't have it. Like, but I, they're going to make the room is the problem to yeah. try and do something like this. No, I don't. And that's I what think, I'm saying. I think someone's going to. I think someone's going to throw a, a ridiculous amount of money at Kadri. And I think I don't so think too. That we'll yeah. be able to match it. I don't want to be that team because again, it's I Seattle. like Kadri, but Seattle, he's 31. Seattle will to go with Shane Wright. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense. He's, he's 31. Like That's all I have to say about it. He's 31. I No thanks. Because Johnny's not going to go to Seattle, so they're going to have to get the second guy, which is Kadri. No, so they can get Kadri and JVR, and it's going to be uh, – watch JVR goes and puts up like 30 goals, and yeah. I just cry. Well, but like that's kind of what I was getting at is like we have no cap to do anything, so it feels like this time period is like they have to unload JVR – and it feels like they're in the market to like move Provorov and connect me. It feels like the other two. And maybe Lindblom too, which kind of sucks because I love Oscar Lindblom. And I have the um, Oscar Strong shirt from a couple of years ago when he got his diagnosis and all that. But he's making three mil and that's kind of a heavy hit when we're as, you know, like tied up to the cap as we are right now. So, yeah. And I, I'm with you on Oscar, man. Like it, it seems like kind of a, a no-brainer as far as how much he's making. But, like, you know, it, it's fucking Oski boy, right? Like, we love Oscar, yeah. and we yeah. want to see Oscar succeed in a Flyers uniform. Yeah. And knowing our luck, we'd trade him, and he'd have, like, a 50-point like fifty five point season and, like, be, like, fantastic. Oh, <laughs> it just buddy. seems like our luck. <laughs> I feel like all of us need to mentally prepare ourselves for the fact that every player traded this summer – will be better with their next team. Oh, and that's what we're saying. Everyone that's what we're saying, though, right? It goes back to these guys being better supplemental players than key players on this team. Yeah. 
and we need those like driving players. We need the guys that are like the studs driving the lines. And it feels like we have a bunch of like, I don't know. It feels like it's been said before, but like a bunch of middle sixers. And it's like, those are. You got cut off a little bit there, Craig. Okay. Until we get Craig back, I'm just going to go and, and just, yeah. Um, like my analogy for what they've done for like the last 10 years, it's like they had one leg in the pool and one leg not in the pool. So it's like this halfway in, halfway out BS. So they were trying to like be competitive, but like retool or rebuild some. And then they have like one good, like three month stretch and then proverb, like the proverbial, like someone hit them while they had one leg in and then they crushed their junk on the (laughs) wall. <laughs> Crush their junk, and we got you back, Craig. We can hear you, but um, yeah, sorry about like, that. Like, or a phone call. for oh, it's all good. Or to put a cruder metaphor in there, it's shit or get off the pot, and these yeah. motherfuckers are constipated. Yeah, <laughs> gotta hate that. Gotta hate that. It's um, terrible. It's terrible, and they've been constipated for ten years. Yeah. Yarmir Yager needs to come back. talking about the toilets in the basement. (laughs) Yes, yes, you're talking about... ...pated on the toilet in the basement, man. Appropriately called the Pittsburgh toilet. (laughs) But yeah, I just... I don't know, man. I just... I feel like there are so so many creative paths because, like, doesn't St. Louis need a defenseman really bad and theoretically they're still trying to get rid of Tarasenko, so it's like... Yeah? I don't know. There's pro problem Tarasenko. Tarasenko. Sanheim for Tarasenko. Oh, or, or Pro, that, yeah. Provorov, I don't know. Yeah, so, like, pro- whichever one. But, like, so as somebody was saying earlier, like, can you even trade those guys now with Tony D'Angelo in there? Oof. And, yeah. I, Jesus, oh, my God. This signing is so bad. It really yeah. is so bad yeah. because, like, it, you now overcompensate on the right-handed defenseman. And let's say Ellis does come back. Like, what are you going to do then? You got to trade somebody. And yeah. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, you don't necessarily have to, but you're going to be overpaying a third pair defenseman a hundred percent to play on the right because he's right-handed. So right. stupid. And, and yeah. how many guys fit like how Tortorella plays? Like on the current roster, like four guys maybe. Oh my god! I yeah. I, I I would get an expansion team tomorrow if I could. Because like it's it's Hayes, um, Sanheim, and like. Maybe a couple other people, maybe Brink, like a couple other people that um, that fit the. So like, I, how they're gonna play? It's either gonna be like really boring and like nothing's really gonna happen. They're just gonna get scored on anyway, or it's gonna be like sort of chaotic but a mess, and they're still gonna lose. So I don't know. I'm so I've come around pretty hard on Tortorella, and a nameless member of the Broad Street Hockey team did a a pretty. Ex- involved video breakdown of what Torts' system actually is like across all the, the three teams that he's coached last. And it, it seems more like not so much that you need a certain kind of player to play his system. It's just that the, everyone needs to buy into it. Like as long as everyone is doing what he tells them to do, once they do that, he gives a bit of freedom on the offense for, for guys to go and create stuff. Like, it seems like, you know, if you get your coverage off of a faceoff and you do what you're supposed to do, if you go into the corner like he wants you to when you enter the zone, once you do those things, 
then you're free to kind of break free of it and, and, you know, create something offensively. I'm, I'm like, I'm pretty optimistic actually. Well, like Columbus, Torts. Columbus had more guys that were willing to buy in. Like the last time Tortorella stepped into like this much of a, a flux of mess, it was Vancouver and it didn't work. That was a much tight, much nicer term than I would have used. Cause I would have said shit show. So here's the other thing though. So we know for a fact there was a six week period that this group of assholes bought into Elaine Vigneault's system and won a bunch of hockey games. So they are capable of doing these things. They just stopped doing them. Is it because they hated Vigneault? I don't fucking know. Is it because they got bored? Is it because they're idiots? I don't know. Like so many things. All of the above. Right. Like, if they can just be stupid little hockey robots and do what the coach is telling them to do, it might end up like, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, Florida Panthers fun hockey for us, but you know, they might win hockey games and that's fun. Well, it can Lawton, um, Provorov, Hayes and Konechny play at that same level that they did in 2020. Like that's that, the that, question. I don't yeah. know. Cause well, those are the four guys and hard, obviously, but like those four skaters were the guys that drove that run. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know. And I don't think, you know, I don't think anybody knows it's, it's, it remains to be seen. Like that really is the question. A lot of this hinges on the idea that no one on this team sucks as bad as they have sucked for the last two seasons. Like, I feel like that's a gamble that they're taking with this whole retool thing. The Colorado like, year, they didn't even suck that much. It was just Hart yeah, led everything. Well, yeah, but I also think that Hart being so bad kind of masked how bad the team was as a whole, and we saw more of that this past season because Hart got better. And then it was well, like, that was also a team. That, well, that's also a team. I forget that like they all got COVID right before they went. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. It? That was um, a, which lake did they play at? Uh, Tahoe. Tahoe, yeah. Tahoe, and then yeah, they, before they went to Lake Tahoe, and then they were just terrible afterwards because oh, they all had a respiratory illness that just brought them down. But you know, and it seems like Hart's poor play like really brought their spirits down. It kind of dragged the whole mood, and then it was like a no one could do anything. And it, as Bill said, so like everyone was just in a pissy mood. It and was then, all bad. Yeah, but and the fact this that. year it just it collapsed. But yeah. I personally, yeah. like, maybe I'm a, an idiot. But I really don't think anyone on this team is as bad as they have been playing. No, I you're really, right. I, Kelly, I don't right. think they are. So, no, they're not as bad, but I so really... So if Tortorella, who is by all accounts an extremely likable man, if he can get these idiots to buy into what he's preaching, there is a chance... Fuck, how did I get here? I'm doing it again. There is a chance that this could be a good hockey team. Oh, no. Don't, don't know, make me hope. Decent I'm, team. I wouldn't don't say Don't make that. me hope. I'm doing it again. There's going to be, like, one trade, and I'm going to be all in all over again. Oh, um, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I forget because where I was going with this. You have two right-shot D who don't play defense, and then Provorov, is he gonna, if he's on the roster, is he going to be an actual plus player? Because it seems like been... he's lost his offense, and he plays yeah. too defensively, and then, like – He's just kind of a Met player because he's he's not like what he was in Brandon where he like jumped up in the play and scored a bunch and was fun. And he's not like elite defensively and he's not a power play guy. I, I think what they're wagering is that having someone who can break out the puck is what he needs. And 
it's either going to be Tony or I guess Cam because he looked better with Cam. Yeah, he did look better with Cam, and I, I like Cam a lot. And uh, Warren brought it up in the the Slack where he said uh, about blocking Ronnie Adderd, which you know I, I would like to see a bit more Ronnie Adderd, but I do feel personally like Adderd needs another season of seasoning in the AHL. I think he needs one more year in the AHL. I think he's going to get like 50 games in the AHL if he starts there, and then we'll see. I also think I Adderd might like maybe he's not even on the roster long term. Who knows? Yeah, but I, I like a lot of the physical attributes of Adderd. I, I think, you know, Matty, I, I know we've talked about Ronnie Adderd before, uh, and I, I know you're a big fan. How do you feel about this D'Angelo move as far as, you know, him not being able to necessarily play with the big club this year? Do you think he needs another season in Lehigh Valley regardless? Um, I think he definitely needs some AHL time. Um, I liked the steps forward he was making as the, his flyers run went on at the end of the year, but uh, he definitely needs some, some polishing to his game for sure. Um, And that's fine. Um, If he spends the whole year in the A, I'm not super mad about it. Uh, The second year of the the D'Angelo contract, I might be getting a little grumpy if he's blocking him, but we'll see. Maybe by that point we'll actually have any idea if Ryan Ellis is in this dimension. If he's stuck in the multiverse of madness, who knows where Ryan Ellis is. But by that point, I hope we at least have, you know, notice one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. What a, what a, and you know, uh, so much of this depends on Sean Couturier's health too. Sean Couturier, as we said, is the only real elite player on this roster and his recovery is everything to this team. But, you know, uh, who the hell knows at this point? Uh, any other questions right now? I, I know, Craig, you're on with us right now. Any other questions for us? Anything you wanted to discuss? Yeah. Uh, a while back, there was talk about, like, how Shifley was unhappy in Winnipeg and that that contract is actually, like, very similar to Provrov's. I know I keep throwing out, like, trading Provrov. I just – we're so cash-strapped, we have to move money out, and Provy seems to be unhappy. He someone does. threw that out. I think someone threw that out on our show. It might have been Charlie. The idea of a yeah. one for one there. I'm not yeah, touching like, Shifley. Just like a straight up hockey trade. And we then don't like Shifley, Matt. No. Oh, we're not pro Shifley. Okay. No, I, I'm intrigued like, by it. That Jets oh. room is so toxic from the sounds of it. Like, I we're not talking enough about how bad it is up there. And it sounds like he and Wheeler are. They're both real. getting traded. Center, like the, yeah. are the problems that are making that room so toxic and terrible and I would not bring him into this room we sure yeah we sure don't need right any more oh, this, of that. this yeah. room is terrible right now hard pass <laughs> for that reason Who is, like are there going to be is it going to be fight club in the room every night WWE <laughs> That's, that's what Risto's there for guys that's why Risto is he's there to keep Tony D'Angelo in check that's his oh my god Oh my god, Risto has Tyler Durden hair. <laughs> That's like, it! Risto is Tyler Durden! <laughs> he's an agent of chaos, here to just destroy everything, and he's got spiky blonde hair, and he can beat up everybody in the room. Risto is Tyler Durden. Oh, we've solved the mystery. Thank you. <laughs> just get Bill on to discuss the chaos. Like, he would love this. <laughs> Where is my mind indeed? 
Holy shit, what a revelation that is right there. I, I, I mean, I am intrigued by trading Provorov regardless. That press conference he gave at the end of the season, I hope he's listening right now because, you know, he knows nobody <laughs> tells the truth about him. But it was just so out of line, so unnecessary, so unprofessional. And this is a guy that two seasons ago I was singing his praises. I was like, this guy is a workhorse. He's a number one defenseman, without a doubt. And, like he can't even seem to do it without the proper partner. And by do it, I mean, play even adequate defense. I think that's why, like, I mean, you guys have talked about it on the, the mainstream or the main show or whatever about how, like, <clears throat> that's why you could probably get a lot more back for pro Rob because he's just like that minutes eater. And he has that kind of pedigree of having had really good seasons in the past. So I don't know. It just feels like he's a, kind of a big asset you could send to one, make some cap room and then two to actually get something worthwhile back. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but like 69 put in the, uh, the, the chat here. Can we just go get Shafley, Evander Kane and sign JR as an assistant and really blow this up? Like that is really the all shithead team right there. Everybody would hate everybody. I would, you know what? You would quit. I would quit. <laughs> I believe me. I, the, moves like today's with TDA, you know, that's the stuff that makes me think. Do I want to keep talking about the Flyers and that guy who was just incessantly <laughs> messaging like twelve people based off one guy saying yeah, he had a good time at the draft party last night. That was still hilarious, by the way. This guy, this guy, just like go like, oh, our franchise is what it used to be. Like, no shit, Sherlock. We all know. Actually, I do have one more thing. Sorry, I just Not was watching the draft last night. Um, uh, weeks, Kevin Weeks on the broadcast after the after the Flyers made their pick, he said he said something. He basically alluded to like Johnny Hockey's going to be in Philly. Like he said it like right before they went to break or something. But I just thought that was really weird and interesting. And I was like, is that based on anything, or is he just like blowing smoke up our ass? Because I, I mean, I think that like the. I think the general consensus is that if he leaves, he's going to want to come home, and that home is either going to mean the Flyers or the Devils. I think yeah. seems to be what's happening. Oh, if he goes to the Devils, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna walk into the ocean. <laughs> Devils are going to win the off season again, and then they're going to actually be good. That's what they do. They win the off season, and then if they win enough off seasons, I guess that translates to success. I hope not, because you know the Devils are are known for hiring noted war criminals like Scott Stevens and such. What if they get bedard? What if they're bad again? Um, I can totally see that because the NHL just seems to want to give the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers everything. They like the the Devils are Oilers East. Like they just keep being terrible. Well, they keep. <laughs> It's looking like they're going to be good, and then they're bad, and then they get they win lotteries. They're Oilers East, except their superstar talent just ends up being pretty good. As opposed well, he, to the, Hugh, like Hughes actually will be like if, if Hugh stays healthy. Hughes is if Hughes stays really healthy. Good. He he was very good last year. I I had him on a on the old BSH fantasy hockey team, and he was he was crushing it, it before he got hurt. And Jesper Bratt's supremely underrated. I like Brett. I like Brett. I, I would yeah. I would be a hockey player I would enjoy on my team, but he's a New Jersey Devil, so fuck him. But Did you guys <laughs> see that the Canucks drafted another Elias Pedersen? I oh did. That God. was fun. Uh, that was fun. Like the, it's the second year in a row where teams have just like gone with a, 
with at least one meme pick. Like there was a bunch of meme picks last year with taking a bunch of brothers and whatnot, and now um, the Canucks take Elias Pedersen. Oh, also, so the Kings took the other Jack Hughes. So oh the God. Kings have the other Jack Hughes, and they have Alex Laferriere. Not Alexi Lafreniere. Jesus so. Christ. The, you know, it, it is hard enough to keep track of these names. Why do they have to do this to us? Hockey World's really small. It is very Wish, small. Wish.com uh, stars. <laughs> it, it's crazy. Like, I, I, the same name. The same, Elias yeah. Pedersen. This is not... I guess it might be Brian Smith over there. I don't know. But it's not like the most common name you can imagine, at least to my stupid American brain. But that's like oh the other Sebastian Aho. Yes, the fake Sebastian Aho. Except those guys are different ethnicities. One is Swede and one's Finn. Wild. I did not know that. Weird, wild stuff, folks. All right. Well. Oh yeah, Craig, go ahead. I'm sorry. I feel like I've been talking a lot, guys. Nah, dude, you're good. Know. What are we doing right now? What are we doing? We're just hanging out. We're just talking hockey. We're all blowing off steam. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Um. So. Is it uh, JT Miller from the Canucks? Isn't he like on the trade block right now too? Yes, I have seen a lot about JT Miller out there, and I, I mean, mean he plays—I guess he plays center and or at least according to my Yahoo Fantasy app, that's what. That <laughs> so you can play Vancouver center and wing, yeah. and then wing in Tampa. Yeah, so I okay. mean, Kurt, Maddie, Kelly—I I don't really know. I don't have too many JT Miller thoughts. I think he's. Pretty good, but do any of you have any stronger thoughts on JT Miller? He's very good, definitely. I mean, he had, yeah, I mean, his scoring numbers this past year were actually incredible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how, you, like, he has one more year on his deal, I believe, before he's UFA, and Vancouver's looking to deal him because they understand where they are in, like, the life cycle of being a team. What a concept. Um I don't know what they can get up for him at this point without giving up their pick next year. Like, I don't know how, how that could happen. Yeah. I still um, want Pooley RV. That's what I want. Bring me Yessie. I don't think he's, he's, he's not that good. Harris. Well, I've seen a lot of nerds say otherwise. <laughs> well, like he couldn't do it with like the two, two of the five best players in the world. Did he play with them? Yes, he did play a good amount with Drysaddle. Yeah, I I think he might be he might be a little bit of a uh, what's his what's his face Sam Bennett. No, the other one, um, the guy that got traded from Dallas to Colorado. My brain is blanking. Oh, Val Nichushkin. Yeah, yeah. Well, the difference is Nichushkin went to a wagon, and I don't think Pulyarvi is going to go to a wagon. No, but I'm saying like he underperformed. Quite a lot in Dallas. His numbers were atrocious in Dallas. But yeah, Dallas plays a terrible style of game. Edmonton actually plays a like cool style of game. So I mean, it's not the perfect. Like I see what you're saying. So yeah. I guess my, my point thing is, is that they need the only way out of this is they need to do some like you know good GM shit where you find a guy you're you find a guy that's being sold low that has upside and you bring him in and you. You find what he can do to fix your team. Like they, they can't just depend on getting Johnny Gaudreau's to fix this. Right. It's never gonna happen. Like they have to take some chances on guys that teams don't want anymore. 
for so whatever reason. So like what reason, the, the so, Sabres did with Briere back in 03, basically. Right. Yeah. Kelly, I, I agree with you, but like with Nachuskin, like he went from Dallas to Colorado. who's just one of the best offensive teams in the league. So I'm not sure. I don't think Philadelphia yeah, but, is going to do that to Pulley unfortunately. I don't think that Nachuskin was just like the benefit of being like he himself was playing better in Colorado than he played in Dallas. Okay, it wasn't so just like he's getting fed passes from Nathan McKinnon, so that's the reason that he's getting goals. Like he was driving a lot of the success that they had I, to play. I do trust the nerds because the nerds proved me wrong last year where they said the Flyers were going to be like a bottoming team and – I was like, well, as long as Carter Hart plays better, and Carter Hart did play better, and the Flyers uh, were absolutely terrible. So the Nerds did 100% dunk in my face. That All of this means they're not getting Nutrishkin, they'll get Burakovsky. Harris, God damn it. Oh, my God. I mean, that's, that's how trends. Why, why is everybody manifesting nightmares into <laughs> this this today? Um, it's ingrained. Burakovsky is really good. I like him a lot. I yeah, think, I like Burakovsky. I like him. <laughs> He plays both sides. Come on. Scores goals. All right. Maddie, JT Miller, Pulley Arvey, or anybody under the sun you want to talk about? Um, I mean, I didn't have anybody specific in mind. I was just going to say, like, I get where Kelly's coming from. I think that thought process is a good thing. Um, like, GMs, like, you have to be trying shit. Like, this, the Leafs do this every year. They take a shot on somebody that has fallen out of favor with their team. And, like, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes you try Jimmy BC and he's bad. But sometimes you get an Andre Kasha or a David Camp and you fill out the middle of your lineup with that and get better. So just try some shit. <laughs> try some shit. Unfortunately, Chuck did try some shit today, but that shit was Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> Well, it feels like, too, you're going to, like, you're not going to create enough cap to get, like, two superstars. So you're going to have to make, like, moves that are, like, smart GM moves. Like, right. I don't know. Like, it, like so, I'm thinking 69 of the guy, just like, brought up an interesting one in the, the chat. He said Trocheck. What do you guys think about Trocheck? Hmm. Interesting. I, 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 mean, I like, like Trocheck. I don't love him, but I like I think him. Because he's from Pittsburgh, he wouldn't go to the Flyers. Nah, it oh, doesn't that's matter. Nonsense. They don't give a shit about that. <laughs> well, then they would have to overpay significantly, and I wouldn't want to do that for a guy who doesn't really score that much. Listen, Max Talbot played here after playing directly on the Penguins. Come on. <laughs> like to get Trocheck to the Flyers, you'd have to overpay significantly. I don't. I don't think he. I don't know. I. I, I don't know. If he. He wants like he games. wants more in UFA as far as like everyone is saying on. On Twitter and so Harris, do you talk to Vincent Trocheck? Do, do you have a supply? You got to tell us. You got to give us the goods if you talk. No, to no, but Trocek. like insiders were tweeting that like Carolina is not close with Trocheck, and Trocheck's going to hit the UFA market. Um, so like I think he's going to want way too much than what he actually deserves. Like he had that one seventy-five point season in Florida, and then he's been like a, a solid two-ish C, but he doesn't score that much. Ah. Yeah, no, we're we're screwed. That's all that matters. We're screwed. <laughs> this, is, I mean, this is kind of a crazy thought, but uh, the um, oh my gosh, uh, Buffalo had what, what was his name? Was it Tage Thompson this season that kind of like blew up and got like mm-hmm. did like really good? And he is like that's a fake the, name. The the big boy trademark like it was isn't he huge? Like six six. He's pretty something? big, I think. Something yeah, stupid. six six. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's like a huge, massive guy, and he like finally figured it out and started scoring it. He was oh, one of my in my fantasy. Chuck's getting him. Chuck likes size. He also has big, beefy boys. He's. I just realized I was just sneaking into a muted mic right there, but uh, Chuck wants those big, beefy boys. You know, he's he's yeah. going after that guy. He wants that size. Pause. Yeah, and I mean, like he's cheap and he's young, and I mean, I I don't know if there's any way Buffalo trades him at all. It would, I don't know if it would be worth it because you'd have to give up assets, but. I mean, Buffalo's Buffalo, and they're going to Buffalo. So, I mean, who knows? Look, we got picks in 2040 that can go. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Just a thought. (laughs) Good Lord. I'm just grasping at straws because it's like, if they're going to go for this idea of being competitive and not being a dumpster fire, they've got, I mean, they've got to be really creative. Like, they, Chuck's got to find creative ways. Chuck is not creative. No, he's like, he's like, like not even vanilla ice cream. I don't even know. It's like <laughs> he's just like cream milk, frozen cream. Yeah, yeah. He's just like heavy creamers. I don't know. It's <laughs> he's frozen heavy creams. Like oh, he, he's just plain whipped cream. Like I like a little dollop of whipped cream for dessert, and that's it. <laughs> Do you ever get one yeah. of those like low calorie ice cream pints? And like the reason it's low calorie is because it's ninety percent water, and so it doesn't really taste like anything. That's what Chuck Fletcher is. Yeah. I thought it'd be good, but it fucking sucks. Yeah, this isn't real ice cream. This, this isn't real. <laughs> this isn't real. I, I feel like none of this is real. The somebody said something about the simulation glitching earlier with all the the names because he said there's two Max Muncies. And I, you, you know what? 100 percent right. I got to look up that comment because that was a that was a good one right there. But uh, it was James who said there are two Max Muncies in baseball, so the simulation's just a bit broken. And yeah, I think the simulation is just completely malfunctioned. Yeah, everything. Yeah, somebody somebody took the wrong color pill. And yes, <laughs> yes, we are absolutely screwed. Please save us, Neo. I guess, but I am sandwiched without bread. That's good. So yeah, I I'm not feeling. I know Kelly's feeling slightly more hope than me, which is amazing because I'm typically one of the more hopeful Flyers fans, and I'm not feeling it today. I'm uh, a sick person. You are a an sick person. Sicko. Yeah. You're, you're just man. sickos all over the place. I think the next draft party, we just have to show up in a bunch of sicko shirts. <laughs> Ooh, sicko shirts, but the sicko is wearing a Broad Street hockey shirt. There you go. Patent pending. <laughs> no one take that. Patent pending. Nobody take it. Nobody steal idea. It's perfect. <sighs> well, folks, we've been going a while. We've gone over two hours at this point, and I'm getting a little bush, but anybody have any final topics they want to bring up before we uh, sign off? Yeah, here? raise your hand Steve. if you want to talk. Steve, um, do you think that they like didn't want to like full? They've never wanted to fully rebuild because they don't want to commit to like three years of potential like really poor attendance. But instead, they they decide to go halfway in and halfway out, and then slowly kill the fan base. So then, like the loyalty will completely die. I think Harris, they. I explained that. Yeah, quite, I, quite I, eloquently, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but essentially, like they they just they're too prideful. And they liked money too much. They wanted to maintain the attendance. They never wanted to have this dip in attendance. This is an inadvertent tank they've done. Like, they didn't mean to tank. They've just been grasping at straws and not doing a good job developing talent and drafting talent. So, yeah, like, and they're just – sometimes you got to admit this is shit and throw your script in the trash and start anew. And they need to do that. But they're never going to do that because they don't want to deal with what the Sixers were doing for – 
years with the process where I, I, I don't know if everybody knows the story, but there were a couple guys on Twitter that I follow that bought an entire row and I can't remember what the exact price was, but it was insanely cheap. They bought an entire row of seats at a Sixers game in peak process for, I don't know, let's just say like 10 bucks or something like that. And it was a big story and it was just like, you know, this is where the Sixers are at and the Flyers, this is kind of a nightmare in the same building that they're doing everything they can to avoid. Yeah. I mean, the, the pride that does make sense. I don't know. Yeah. It just sucks that they won't like commit to doing that because I also, in the NBA, I'm so I'm not from Philly, but I'm a Flyers fan. So I don't know if that like makes me like, why would you do that? Craig, Craig, why? Uh, Craig, get out, get out. (laughs) Yeah. We, we were born into this darkness. Why, why have you chosen to be here? (laughs) Kelly was born into the darkness. It's true. By the time I saw the light, I was but a man. <laughs> I think it was blinding. I was born into the orange and black. You merely adopted it. <laughs> but um, so I'm I'm from Indiana actually, and so like I don't know. I've got like I follow sports teams from all over, like all over, and so I'm an Oklahoma City Thunder fan. And what they did with their like drafting, I don't know if you follow the NBA at all. They have like a gajillion first round picks because they just like freaking went for it. And it's nuts. And it just sucks because it's like, that would be awesome if the Flyers decided to do that once they realize, wow, we are bad. But instead, they're like, no, heel in the sand. We're going to try and be competitive, you know? Craig, the difference is the NBA gets way more casual attendance, whereas like the NHL has like a lot of diehard fans, but like the casuals aren't there. So you have a bunch of like business people and just casual people will go to NBA games. Not the same for the NHL. So NHL management groups, other than the ones in Canada in a couple of U.S. markets, don't want to fully tank and then like sacrifice the attendance, in my opinion. Well, and also the the NHL doesn't have the lucrative TV deals that the other three major sports have. So that's a big part of it, too. More of the NHL's revenue is based on attendance. Right. That makes sense. Okay. That's fair. But it fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because, like, the Thunder have, like, because in the NBA, you only have two rounds in the draft. And they have, they have like, I think it was, like, 16 first-round picks in the, in the, like, it was, like, in, like, a six- or seven-year period. I mean, like, it was just stupid how many first-round picks. They just... They just up and traded like three future first this year to get like another lottery pick. And so I just, I don't know. It's just stuff like that where I'm like, ah, it would be nice if we could just get a ton of young talent. But also I feel like drafting prospects in the NBA and NHL is like very different when it comes to like lottery ish area. I don't know. I guess NHL, they draft a year younger. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, it sucks. It's all bad. I would love for this team to bottom out. Kurt, I see you're active. You got something to say, my friend? Oh, I didn't even realize I unmuted. No, oh. uh, everything's bad. Eat Arby's. The Flyers are probably going to be bad again. Probably not bad enough that, that anything's actually going to happen. Um, yeah, I don't like it. No, sir, I don't like it. We're not feeling good. We're not feeling good, people. We're not feeling good out there. Um, over under over under how many moves do you think chuck makes before the free agency opens before free agency opens yeah like over under like three one 
One. I'm going under. I'm going under. You're going with the under? I'm setting it at three because I'm going I under. Think, so free agency is in like a week, isn't it? Yeah, it's like the thirteenth, I think. Under. Okay, well, okay. So I think at minimum he's going to try and cha- trade JVR. Yeah, I think that's the one. Before the period. But okay, well let's set it at two then. Okay? Because the two moves that could happen are JVR and the rights to Johnny Gaudreau before he hits free agency. Ooh. So you can get that extra year. Ooh. Uh, I that works. Well, then you're taking the under. That's that's where you're at. Well, yes, I am taking the under. But, uh, but I'm saying that's that's why it's set at two is the over-under. Because do we need... We don't years. need shit. Do <laughs> we, we need, oh, we need a lot of years. shit. But. I don't know if we need eight years out of John. But that's what you do when you're trying to sign a big free agent. Yeah, I know. That's the I game. What's the age difference between Johnny and Philip Forsberg? So Johnny is 28 going on 29. Philip Forsberg is They're one year 27. Apart. They're one year apart, one draft apart. When's Forsberg's yeah, birthday? One year apart. One year apart. Yeah. When, is, when can we wish Philip Forsberg a happy name day? Um, uh, I just had it up on my screen, but now there's no way for me to know. I think it's August. Is it? Oh my God. Are they the same birthday? August 13th. Yeah. Huh. Oh, wow. Oh a same God. birthday, a year the apart. Same, the same birthday as Maddie too. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Every, <laughs> really? No. <laughs> Happy birthday, Maddie. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, so, yeah, apparently Forsberg and Johnny Hockey are both August 13th babies there. Travis we learned something today, folks. With my wife, so. Oh, maybe you'll get traded for your wife. My wife. <laughs> my, my wife's name is also Madeline, so. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Look at this. Now, and Forsberg, I mean, I'm intrigued by Forsberg. I guess we could end this on a, a quick Forsberg discussion. If things didn't work out with Nashville, how interested should we be in Philip Forsberg? Very interested because I think his his um Harris his didn't level, hesitate. Harris is like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> his level of play is sustainable over time. He doesn't rely overly like an insane amount on his skating. He's a smart player. I think the production is going to hold up and. Um. Yeah, he had a couple eh, years for Nashville, but like I, I think he he's gonna as long as they don't overpay him significantly, um, he'll he'll produce uh, most of what he's making. So, I am a big fan of the if we get Forsberg. Like I've been kind of rooting for him since I don't know, God, like December because the season was over in like December. Yep. Um, yep. But I don't know. I agree. I kind of – and plus he's, like, a goal scorer. Like, that's his, like, thing. And I don't know. Yeah, I just – I mean, do you think if we sign him, it would be, like, what, $9 million? Is that, like, what we think? $9 million on, like For For Forsberg? Yeah. 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 And, like, I mean, the cap only went up, like, one year – or $1 million this year. I mean, in the future, maybe it goes up higher. And so – Maybe things aren't as bad and $9 million doesn't look as bad in the future. And maybe he's good for like five of those eight years. I don't know. You can only know. sign seven years because it's a different team. You can't sign eight oh, with right. the Flyers because they don't have his rights. Right, right. Thank you for correcting me. Gosh, yeah, like if it's nine, so on it. $9 seven years, that's a bit steep. But I guess that's the price in UFA. But like, I don't think he wants 
as much as like people have thought because um, he didn't come in at a super high number from what I read with Nashville and then Nashville's just being cheap. Yeah. So I, I think Eamon would be the first one to say Nashville being cheap? No. No. If he hits the open market, the though, market he's, <laughs> he's going to get, like, the bids are going to go up on him if he hits the market. So this whatever he was willing to take in Nashville, he's going to get more than that if he hits the market. So, right. Kurt, I'm, Kurt, by the way, I'm, I'm seeing on a side note about Johnny Hockey, you were saying that he would not get the right for the eight years. If, yeah, uh, they can't give him eight years. The You have – in order to give a player eight years on a contract, you have to have had him at the last trade deadline. So even okay. if the Flyers traded for his rights, they would not be able to give him an eighth year. Don't Only trade for him. shit, Chuck. Don't do it. It would have to be like a sign-in trade, which doesn't happen. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Like, why would they cooperate with that unless, right. well, unless they give him a really big piece, right? He says he's going to leave, and it, and like the Flyers were willing to give him an eighth year and all the assets, then the Flames would do that. But why do that? Why would anyone involved other than Calgary do that? Sign and trades are a myth. They're not real. Well, sign and trades <laughs> only happen. They, they happen. only happen in the NBA because they need to for like hard cap purpose the nhl like there's no reason to because no one's making all that much money so there's no reason to have to balance it out you're just spending your own money and you're not going to help another team out mm-hmm. yeah and the nba also has a fake salary cap so well, sort of fake salary cap. It, it's fake it's 100 percent fake. <laughs> like what, what was the the harden deal the sixers just worked out like he opted out to just sign like yeah, but they're paying. Less. Yeah, but that's different. Their their owner who just left is now paying him under the table. That's why he's signing for that much less. That's and if Flyers, okay. So if Comcast really cared, they do the same thing. They would pay John Hockey under the table, and he'd come here for like five million dollars a year. And then they'd pay him another five under the table, and it'd be great, and everyone would love us. And all we need is the owner of shit-ass fanatics to just, you know, take all the money he's <laughs> saving on shoddy merchandise to pay yeah. Johnny Gaudreau under the table. How about you make a good shirt, buddy? <laughs> it's, it's just Would not going to happen. actually, like, take a discount to come here, though? Uh, I doubt it. Or maybe, like, a very no. slight discount, but not a and significant he shouldn't. Not, not like a steep one. These guys, have, no. these guys have one shot in their career to get paid. Like right, and Except we've talked about, we've talked about this before too. Like hockey players' payday is like a mid-level NFL wide receiver. You know, it, yeah. it, it ain't that much for sports. Like it's still a lot for anybody listening to this right now. But it's it ain't that much for sports. Yeah. So go get paid is what I'm trying to yeah. tell Johnny Gaudreau, Claude Giroux, anybody else who might consider signing with the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. Go get paid. Please don't go to the Devils. Yeah, don't go to the Devils and go get paid. And maybe just for your own sake, don't come here. But, you know, that's a crazy thing, Steve, is that there's really not that many teams that are, one, attractive to the better UFAs and have the cap space. So either it's only going to be a couple teams really in really in the race for these guys or teams that somehow become in the race, we'll have to trade pieces to make it work. So we could get a crazy July 13th through like July 27th period. Could. Hmm. Or it'll just be boring. The draft is exciting. The draft was exciting. Maybe the free agency will just be kind of like standard. Also, since you just said that, Harris, I would just like to put on the record 
that when the Flyers don't sign any big name free agents this summer, it's not going to be because no one wants to come here. It's because they don't have any money because they manage their cap poorly. Like that's going to be the reason. Right. Like, well, guys will come here. Kevin Hayes, you know, uh, you might say what you will about that extra year. These dudes will go like, anywhere if they're going to get paid. Even, yeah. well, probably not right. Winnipeg. Sorry, Matt. But anywhere Winnipeg, else. Winnipeg, and Col- Winnipeg, Columbus, and Buffalo are the three that people don't. Buffalo's yeah. Buff- kind of nice. Buffalo has a Dave and Busters. <laughs> okay, so, so what about... Every time, uh, every uh, time, Kurt, Marshawn Lynch's favorite. I love the ambiance, Deco. <laughs> <laughs> so with Debrinka going to uh, 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 that place, um, drawn a blank, got traded. Ottawa. Where did you get traded to? Ottawa. Ottawa. Thank you. And isn't Claude from there? And oh, I'm nearby Hearst, there. Ontario. He's from. He's from nearby Hearst. From nearby. Nearby Hearst. Hearst. Yeah, that's the joke, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, he moved to Ottawa when he was 13. He's in Ottawa oh, right now with his adorable family. Hanging that's, out. And he played, he played junior across the border in Gatineau when none of the O teams wanted him, so he played right across the border in Gatineau and killed it. Has he copped a cop's buttocks lately, though? Well. You know, who among us, Steve? Who among us? Who among us? What I'm just trying to say is Claude is a, a, a righteous party dude. Captain Fun, as Jody just called him in the, the comments here. <laughs> Beer pong with two broken hands or two casts on his hands. That what what a picture. A that that An picture and the Marshan picture and just the frosted tips and uh, but you know we at the end of the day the Claude Giroux Hall of Fame picture is still Randy J Miller's cast on his foot picture <laughs> <laughs> with the desk in the way. That picture's ridiculous, that whole thing. And, and Claude just, like, staring daggers at him. That look is hilarious. He's like, what the hell are you doing? 69 just put in the chat, uh, beat Connor Barwin in an arm wrestling match, which is impressive. And apparently, this is something I had learned recently about Claude Drew, is that he's just arm wrestling people left and right. And he's not a, he's not a huge guy, so his... Uh, his uh, um, Reputation is impressive. Yeah, because despite what the chuds will tell you, like, the dude is obsessed with winning at literally everything. Well, and also, all the stuff that made him a gr- great at face-offs, that makes him great at face-offs, makes him great at arm wrestling. And fun that fact, Claude Giroux's favorite movie growing up, growing up was Over the Top. I just made that up, but that movie's about arm wrestling and that's <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. I never really that's thought about how, like, that's, like... A similar muscle group for arm wrestles and face-offs. Where it's all about the core, Kelly! Where do you guys think Klingberg's going? Your mom's house. Ooh. Calgary. <laughs> Owned. No, I just made that up just because Kling sounded like Calg. So I, I got no wait, idea. Wait, did you guys... Are the ducks the guys, wild Wait, part? sorry. This is, like, totally off topic. Did you guys see the tweet that suggests off. that... The Devils took Nemich because when uh, Montreal took Uraj, they someone said "son of a bitch," and then someone on the Devils thought they said Nemich, and so they took Nemich. What? No. That tweet. Someone on Canadian radio said that out loud. Well, no, Canadian, is... Canadian media just shilling for Canadian teams. It's stupid. No. 
there's like a zero. I think it happened, but I really wanted to. No. Do you understand? Do wait. Do we like hockey people are so stupid. Like they're just not very smart people. I could totally see that happening. No, they wanted Nemesh. He he was the player that made the most sense for him, and he's the best player in the draft, in my opinion. I think. Oh, players. best in the draft you went with. Where? Yeah, I had him at one on my board. Dang. I envision so Harris having gonna an be actual like, board. Like I, he's Carlson like, Light to me. Carlson okay. Light. Like he's already better. He's he'll be better than John Carlson. He'll be Eric Carlson Light. Carlson Light oh, is one of my cool. favorite beverages on a hot day. Like he he's played like he's produced very well. Um in pro since he's 15 and like as long as well yeah the devils could screw him up i guess maybe but like i think Nemish <laughs> is so good that that he's just going to produce offensively speaking of carlson one of my best friends is a san jose sharks fan and he just he just constantly is like crying about how much money they're paying eric carlson and brent Burks. and classic <laughs> and classic they're overpaying three guys. and classic like Mike yeah. Greer, like I hope Mike Greer does very well in San Jose. It's a great story, and I like Mike Greer, but he has his work cut out for him. Yeah, the only the only game I've ever been to uh, for a Flyers game was in Philly against the Sharks right before COVID happened. So oh, like so when they were on a roll, when they're they were crushing it. Yeah, and they and they played really well, and I got to see, and we were like. I don't know. We got to see Giroux, Couturier. I was awesome. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And we, I think we beat the crap out of him in that game, if I remember correct. You are correct. But yeah, like just kind of just rolled over them. And my but and and I thought my buddy wore, he wore a Sharks jersey. I thought he was going to get eviscerated. And everybody was actually like pretty cool. And I was like, wow. If I'm you're surprised. not a dick, if you're not a dick at a Flyers game, like people are going to be chill to you. Yeah. Non Penguins, Rangers, Devils game. Yeah. The best the best time I've had at a Flyers game before the Giroux game this season was the time Steph and I pretended to be Leafs fans. <laughs> see, we all just so if I see a if I see a Leafs fan in Philly or like somebody like that, I just think they're a lunatic. So I'm just like, <laughs> eh, whatever. Although the only time I almost got into a play that a game was with Buffalo Sabres fans, but I was also uh, inebriated. That said. <laughs> That said, most of the time, we don't really give a shit. It's just kind of bizarre if you're at the Flyers game, as long as you're not Devils, Rangers, Penguins. Those people yeah. will get shit no matter what. Yeah, we came in, like, expecting, because we obviously know the reputation of Philly fans and how, like, nuts we are. And so <laughs> I also made the joke that he's, like, a six foot seven redhead. And I was like, they were, everybody's just looking at him like, shouldn't you be playing for the Flyers? <laughs> like... <laughs> Shouldn't you be like on right D's or something? Like, <laughs> fit right. You could walk into the locker room and they'll just be like, "Oh yeah, this guy." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we play beer league, so. <laughs> well, then that's good enough for the current players. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and uh, by the way, you mentioned Klingberg, and man, imagine if they had signed him instead of Tony D'Angelo. That would have been great. Klingberg's also bad in his own zone, but he's not a dressing room cancer. He is he is older though. He's never stormed the capital, to my knowledge. Yeah. I'm just better? telling you guys, I don't think that Tony D'Angelo is a locker room cancer. He's just a piece of shit. And apparently those two things are separate. But so, can so I still call him a cancer? He's a piece of shit online and he was really like he's he was He's sort of racist, more so oh, no, than he's sort not of now. But. No, he's not sort of racist. He's 100% racist. He's a piece of shit human being. I'm just saying, 
I don't think he's as big of a problem in the room as we would like him to be because we would like to assume. Were there any Russians? Also, were there any Russians on the Hurricanes? Sveshnikov. Yeah. Yeah. I guess if they didn't get into a fight, it's not all Russians. Just what was it? Uh, Gorgiev got into the fight. Yeah, well, Gorgiev's also allegedly, allegedly. Gorgiev's a dick, and he's mad that he's gotten passed over in the goalie depth chart like twice. Allegedly, he called him a commie. I think it was allegedly. Allegedly, he said he was a commie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Allegedly. So I mean, I allegedly. I just, I wonder if it's like one of those things where he as an individual sucks, but then I don't know. I just feel like with like Tortorella and. I don't know. They're going to be really focusing on trying to strengthen the locker room. And so I feel like they're going to, like I, I joked earlier about like uh Rista line just beating, beating his ass if he gets out of line. But like, seriously though, like maybe that's like a focus is like, Hey, maybe he reads the room and understands and is not a piece of shit human around the team and becomes a. Well, Brenda Moore controlled him. So I think Tortorella can too. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not a defense of him as a person. I still think he sucks ass. No, that's the person. that's the thing. Like I'm trying to separate that out. Is that I, I I would like to think that you know Carter Hart also looks at Tony D'Angelo and says, "God, this guy fucking sucks." But I don't know if hockey players uh, consider all of these things the way that we do. Yeah. And I mean, like, you could have just you could have just left that a consider. Well, yeah. <laughs> We love you guys, but, you know. You're big dumb. <laughs> well, like, the, like Evander Kane's a piece of shit, but, like, he's good enough where at least at certain points he can focus. But apparently everyone in the Sharks dressing room hated him. Yeah, that's the so thing. Like, you, you hear that players don't like Evander Kane. Like, yeah, so, uh, like, some yeah. players don't like D'Angelo, but uh, I don't know. He, he he seemed to be fine in Carolina, other than he just doesn't play defense. But we knew that. Yeah, I'm I'm just telling you that he was liked in Carolina. So, uh, that's what they say. I don't know if I trust them. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm only putting it this way. In we're getting rid of him. He was great. I don't. I didn't have any problems. I, it's like giving somebody a job to, recommendation no. just to get them the fuck out of your hair. No, I but trust Char- the Sharks person that told me. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Sharks what? players said they didn't like Kane. Like, I'm not sure how many, like, Rangers and Hurricanes players said they, like, openly didn't. Mm. Oh, I, I know one who allegedly said it. His name's Corey. Oh. <laughs> well, he's not a Ranger anymore, but... Yeah, he kind of explicitly said it. Yeah, yeah. But, you know... Hey, it's fun times, folks! We're having a blast. Alright, well, I think we're ready to sign off. We've been going at this a long time right now. And I gotta go. I got stuff to do. I got to wrap up my day, get to oh, Friday night, me. enjoy myself. Look at me. I'm not doing shit. I have a girlfriend I... and I have social life. Oh, I'm Ooh. in a loving relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Kelly, if you want to keep going, Kelly, by all means, I'm no, going to go. I can't go. once you go, the room closes. <laughs> I, can get, I can pass it to you. No, you can't. It's okay, though. I'm just, yes, I'm I can. Just, yes, I can if I'm you want to go. I'm fucking with you, Steve. We can be done. It's okay. I mean, you want to be the host? No, I'm done. Stop. But you're the host now. Oh no, Steve! (laughs) There are still there are 86 people here. Yeah, that's what it says. We love we love you all. We love everyone. Unbelievable! You guys are so sick. I love you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, if, if people raise their hands, if anyone has anything that they would like to talk about, I'll keep going if Steve has to go. But if everyone's done listening to us ramble, I think we can probably wrap it up. So raise your hand now or I'm hanging up on you. <laughs> nobody, 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 nobody. Okay. I think all we're right. Good. Thanks, folks. We love you all. And you, we'll, we'll keep potting throughout this uh, shit show finale season. And... I'm not going to say go Flyers because I'm not feeling it right now. But uh, thank you all. Have a great weekend. Bye. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.